0: this is winnipeg sports talk daily with
1: andrew hustler patterson and michael remus good afternoon ladies and gents and welcome to winnipeg sports talk daily what's good andrew patterson with you along with the cto michael remus and we have a game day edition of winnipeg sports talk today Jets back in action tonight, continuing their road trip, coming off the single point in DC against the Caps with a huge divisional matchup against the Nashville Predators tonight. Can't wait for it. Um 7 o'clock puck drop tonight. And we will head to Music City a little later on in the program. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, boots on the ground there, was at the morning skate today. Some details on Nikolai Ehlers as well as this lineup for tonight. But we'll get to all of that with Mike, as well as with Remus coming up right now in the start of the program. Lots of other news around the National Hockey League. David Pagnata of the fourth period will jump on the program. So lots of hockey talk today on the program. And a, just a quick heads up to all of you. Do not miss tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show is going to be packed. Huge weekend for the Winnipeg Jets with afternoon games on Saturday and Sunday before Poor NFL games. Man, this is going to be an incredible sports weekend. Uh, but the voice of the Jets on TSN3, Dennis Bayak, our good friend, returns to the program tomorrow. We'll also take a trip into the dark recesses of Weeb's world with Kenny Weeb. Paxi Hamilton back for the NFL notebook before divisional playoff weekend and adam big hill joins the program as well we'll get to big hill and the big news out of the bombers in just a second uh, to get going a big thanks to the sponsors that make winnipeg sports talk happen each and every day support them if you are able to f apparel vita health fresh market culligan water manitoba battery royal sports not Auto Corp, little brown jug brewing princess auto boston pizza the nick and nicky dq group canadian club whiskey and our friends over at Cool Bet Canada. Uh, so, Pagnotta, McIntyre, Jets, Fred's, tons to get to. But, Remus, as I welcome you in, um, we got to start it off with uh, the big bomber news today. Adam Big Hill back, Kyle Walters, another massive check mark on his lengthy off-season to do list. What's going on? Yeah,
2: I woke up. Great to wake up to some bomber news. Uh, Adam Big Hill. Resigning, you know, he had to restructure his deal before, what was he defensive player of the year um, you know, key part of the Bombers, multiple Grey Cups, so I mean, I wasn't sure how they were going to do this, but seemingly Jeff Coat back uh, Jefferson back, Big Hill back, I mean, the defense looking, looking pretty good, again I mean, that's a nice base right there, so you gotta be fired up, I don't know if they I don't know if they disclosed terms of the deal or anything, but i mean it's not my money and uh he's back and you hope they can fit everyone else we're still waiting for uh you know the quarterback that clarus will wait to see what happens there but i mean you got to be feeling pretty good about uh the bombers chances for not one not two but possibly (laughs) uh three gray cups in a row so pretty pretty awesome
1: yeah uh i i'm certainly here for that um you know, it would have been a, fa- I mean, again, we won't really get these details and it doesn't matter, but it's fun to talk about on sports radio. This would have been an absolutely fascinating negotiation. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, Big Hill has been one of the most impactful, important players on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers since he got here. He has been, in a lot of ways, seemingly the, uh, the quarterback of um, a defense that was all-time good last year. And most importantly, one of the leaders on a unit that has been a massive part of bringing this city to straight Grey Cup championship. Uh, you just nailed it. you just nailed it, dude. I mean, he was he was voted the best player on the best defense in the league, on the best team, and won the Canadian Football League's most outstanding defensive player. You would think I mean, a player like that has a ton of leverage. But at the same time, if you're Kyle Walters, you're realizing that, you know, Big Hill has fit in here perfectly. Big Hill being, a, you know, an a, you know, incredible teammate. Um, reading the Room last year took a redone deal for less money to stay here. And since then, he has started business interests outside of football, um, as well as has a beautiful young family that is making Winnipeg home. So I think that it's pretty clear that the, the wants and needs of both sides led to a, a deal today. Um, but for Kyle Walters to be able to get this done, you know, and, I, and again, it was interesting. I mean, everyone just sort of assumed Adam Big Hill would be back. And I mean, I certainly was one of those people um, for obvious reasons, the ones that I just laid out. But you still got to get that deal done. And these football careers are so short um and i don't think there's any doubt that adam big hill if he wanted to go full mercenary mode would have been able to probably find a bigger paycheck for this canadian football league season but when you add in everything else that winnipeg adds for adam big hill and his family um this was the right decision to make so uh willie's done jackson jeff coat's done adam big hill's done right now this blue bomber defense poised to take another run at that gray cup next year, and. Now, Remus, we really wait for um, some news on Zach Caleros. Uh, maybe we'll have some good news next week from the Blue Bombers on the quarterback, because that is the one massive piece right now that uh, still is yet to be signed, sealed, and delivered by the very busy GM of the Blue and Gold.
2: Yeah, last time I checked, quarterback, pretty important position, <laughs> and uh, but it's seemingly... Is that confirmed. Is that confirmed? I... That's hashtag confirmed. Breaking news, right there. But I mean, you look around the league, Huss, and it seems like every other team's kind of got their position filled, except for Ottawa. Um, so I don't know where else, where else you're gonna go, unless maybe Toronto. You go back to Toronto, but they seem to be going with MBT, even though he's uh, pretty inconsistent. So um, I like how the Bombers are doing this. Don't don't do them all at once. You know, spread the signings out so you know each day we can talk about a new Bomber thing. Well, well done, well done, Bombers.
1: Uh, hey DC's been around the block a few times before yeah. and and I'll say this for Darren Cameron who's a good friend of ours and uh, he has been very helpful in uh, allowing us to get a number of the bomber stars on this program and uh, was certainly a big help to us back in our in our previous home um I mean D- DC's been around the block a few times I mean he got his feet wet back in the uh, uh in the Mike Kelly era um you know <laughs> I mean he's seen some stuff if you know what I'm saying so Right now, um, you know, he's another guy that has a lot of veteran experience right now. And I think that the Bombers, both of you know, Kyle Walters is doing the job, uh, you know, with signing the players. But as Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat mentioned, I mean, there was DC on that trip taking the Grey Cup down to uh, Austin, Texas, and being a big part of those negotiations. So uh, he knows about getting the deals done and, of course, also kind of planning it out to maximize the exposure and excitement for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So today, Adam Big Hill is back. Great news for the blue and gold and uh, great news for Winnipeg sports talk. Listeners Remus is he will join us on a packed show tomorrow heading into a big weekend for the
2: Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, big, big weekend, two afternoon games, um, Saturday, Sunday. And I just got to confirm if that, uh, you know, how that was going to work with the NFL schedule. I'm pretty sure they're on, they're on before NFL, so you can make an even more packed day. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Saturday three thirty is uh, Bengals Titans, and Sunday is two o'clock. So some overlap, but they're not starting at the same time. So guys, NHL trying to stay out of the way of the behemoth that is the NFL playoffs, uh, as we saw the ratings yeah. uh, rating this past uh, weekend. But we're not looking. We're not talking about uh, Pittsburgh and Boston tonight. We're talking about Nashville, the division rival. I think this is their first time seeing them this year. And Nashville, I mean, they've surprised everyone. They've been pretty good. UC Soros, I mean, he's been one of the best goalies in the league uh, last time I checked. But going for the Jets tonight, the big news was Nikolai Ehlers. He's out with the injury after taking the knee on E for Orlov. We didn't, the uh, suspension actually came out after the show. Two games for Orlov. I mean, I think we thought, you know, maybe they'd give him three or four, but it is kind of he- worthy
1: of more than that.
2: Yeah, but you know, it was against the Jets, so they were lucky to even get two. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but uh, I'll by, say this. Yeah, I'll say this. And I know the you, brought, one, you brought this up. You brought this up before. Every time one of these suspensions comes out, I get pissed off about the Mark Shifley suspension in the playoffs last year. Was it suspension worthy? Sure, but you know, over and over again, we've seen you know smaller suspensions in the playoffs. The four games for Shifley in the postseason for the hit on Jake Evans, which would be at least eight games in the regular season if that happened now, uh, just doesn't seem to compute to most of the other suspensions we get out of NHL player safety. And um, everyone will have to speculate and have their own reasons why that was the case. Um, but it, it, it's hard not to, you know, from a Jets perspective, to feel like, you know, what the heck is going on? And And I'll argue that the. Orlov hit on Ehlers was a hell of a lot worse than the than the Neil Pionk one. I mean, I understand why they made that that comparison to it, um, but I certainly thought that you know the amount of time that Orlov had to avoid that sort of a knee on knee check was greater than Pionk had. Um, it, it seemed to be a little bit more intentional and direct, um, but it's the same. It's the same p- penalty, and and again for the Jets. I mean, you know, you would like to see justice being served, but I mean, I guess in their opinion, like, whatever, do what you got to do. Just don't screw us like that later on in the season if it happens the other way around. Um, Because Dimitri Orlov missing two games for the the Washington Capitals doesn't mean a damn thing for the Winnipeg Jets, who are going to be without Nikolai Ehlers at minimum the rest of this road trip. And um, I think many people a little bit nervous to hear what the uh, prognosis for Ehlers might be. Although I guess the good news is, Remus, I think that if we'd learned that it was a really, really serious injury um, and, you know, Ehlers was going to be gone for a significant time or out for the season, that we probably would have an indication of that. And as Mike will join us, and we'll ask him about this a little later on in the program, um, you know, we know that Ehlers isn't going to be playing on this road trip. He is still with the club, though, um, and was seen walking around today, albeit with a bit of a limp. So, uh, I don't know. My very unscientific mind will take that, I guess, as a positive um, that maybe we'll see Ehlers back sooner. That many people were worried that he'd be available for for the hockey club.
2: Yeah, he's out. And first of all, you're bringing up the sh- I think I don't know what triggers me more thinking about the missed opportunity <laughs> from the Shafley suspension. I don't want to go down this road again, but it is hard not to think about, especially when you just brought it up. But the missed opportunity with the Shafley suspension versus the missed opportunity of game from 2019 against St. Louis because, I mean, the Jets were so close against a, a terrible Montreal team who somehow got to the Stanley Cup on the back of Carey Price and that marks, they just had nothing after the Shafley injury and the DeMello injury, I think hurt hurt too. Sorry, safety suspension, DeMello injury, but yeah, two games. I think that's kind of, even with the Pionk suspension, so not, not a, not much of a surprise. Like two games, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see more, but I mean, I don't know, they pick up a, it's a, like a random number generator, is it not?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes, although I haven't seen, I didn't watch, the,
2: did they put out a video for this one? They did, I was having dinner, and I was like, you know, and I, I agree, like, what does not matter for Jets fans here, like, Steelers is out, they didn't call a penalty, so Skorlov m- m- misses like 50k from his paycheck, because he misses yeah, two he's games. He's not missing
1: two games against Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, like it's not a, a playoff series where like you, you're invested. If he misses, like who cares? They're not in our, they're not in the Jets conference. Uh, disappointing.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, Shifley will be back in, and I see someone that mentioned Shif hasn't been entirely the same since the 2018 playoff run. I don't know about being the same. Listen, I think everyone would agree that that was the height of Mark Shifley in the National Hockey League. I mean, he's never been, never played at a higher level never done it night in and night out like he did during that entire playoff run and has never been, and and maybe it was just the fact there was a little bit more puck luck at that time, but the guy scored 14 goals in 17 games. Um, he was uh, like not just a driving force, but an absolute beast in that. And I'll tell you what, Remus, some of those biggest performances for Mark Scheifele came in the building where the Winnipeg Jets are playing tonight. And uh, I know that, you know, we've talked a lot about Cole Perfetti playing along with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor um, with no Ehlers tonight. Um, that line of Andrew Kopp, Mark Shifley, and Paul Stasty who's going to go right back in into Ehlers' spot on that top line. Um, like the two center positions that have been killing Nashville for the last few years, Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson stealing money, these guys are back and that team is back right now. They're 11 points up on the Winnipeg Jets going into tonight's game, albeit the Jets with a ton of hockey to still to play. The Jets have, what, six games in hand. But 11 points, I mean, that would basically mean winning all six of those games. So... If the Jets want to get in the mix in the division, they have to take advantage of some of these divisional games over the course of the next month, and it starts tonight. And uh, I, other than Connor Hellebuck being Connor Hellebuck as usual in net, maybe bouncing back from a game that, you know, wasn't his A-plus game, um, to me it's number 55, and um, you know it, that's the guy that the Winnipeg Jets are going to need to uh, maybe play him some tape of what he did in that building in the 2018 playoffs and try and bottle some of that going into tonight's game.
2: Yeah. A couple of things. One, I got to clarify that was game Jets game five against St. Louis at home. Sorry. I tried to block it on my memory. Yeah. And, <laughs> and speaking of other Jets, Nashville, they did beat Nashville early this year in Winnipeg on Saturday, October 23, six forward. seems like forever. Oh, of ago. Of course.
1: That was what the second game of the season.
2: Yeah, that seems like forever ago. I mean, we've already had a break. But here are the Jets' lines today. Uh showed to Mike McIntyre for, for putting these out there. Uh, Kopp, Scheifele, Stasny. So Stasny in for Ehlers. Connor Dubois, Perfetti. You know, coming off each one of those lines scoring a goal last game. Harkins, Lowry, Poganski, uh, Veselainen, Tony Nato, Svechnikov. And I'm kind of curious about where Svechnikov is going to slide. You know he can tr- contribute offensively. Um, seems like he's deserving of more minutes than uh, you know, what the Jets' fourth line has traditionally gotten. And same deep pairs: Morrissey, Demello, Sandberg, Pionk, Stanley, Schmidt. Stanley Schmidt had a bit of a tough go being on the ice for a couple goals against. Um, I'm not sure if that is uh, that is a a good pairing. Uh, you know, that's a match Hus in terms of play styles. I mean, Schmidt, an offensive guy, maybe Stanley needs someone more uh steady with him so we'll wait and Problem is, we'll, he's supposed yeah. to be the steady guy he's right? supposed to I be mean, the yeah he's I supposed mean, to be like, the steady guy that i agree the
1: offensive dynamo although you know no. what you know as we talked yesterday with murat i mean he has you know, listen at times and this is the case for a lot of young defensemen i mean at times he's played you know real well made the right path shown some glimpses of a guy that can be a real effective regular in the national hockey league uh, but there's also been some moments of um you know it whether it's inexperience or just being exposed that has hurt the team right now. So coming out of the game against Washington, I know there was some speculation that maybe this would be a time to, to get Billy Hainala in. We'll see what happens on the weekend. I mean, first things first, we'll focus on tonight's game, and then we'll kind of dive into that tomorrow with both Dennis Bayak and Ken Weeb heading into these games. But with the amount of hockey that they're being playing, I'll just say this to the Billy stands out there. Uh, I would not worry too much. He's going to get into a game soon. Um, and whether it's because of guys that are on the list, whether it's because of guys that are injured, or whether it's just because because of this schedule it is almost unprecedented coming up for what this team has to uh, face coming up in February with the, uh, the rescheduled games. And maybe we can touch on those again for people that missed it at the end of yesterday's show. Um, there's going to be a lot of hockey. And it is going to be all hands on deck and much like Dylan Sandberg went into the lineup and played very well in Detroit and has now earned two more starts in the national hockey league with Brendan Dillon out of the lineup. um, I do think that Billy's time is very, very near. And as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe got into some action potentially even on the weekend. But um, the focus on tonight is the guys in the lineup and just on Sveshnikov for a second, Reem. Now I I think we've all agreed he has completely exceeded most people's expectations coming into this season. I mean, I didn't know what was coming here. I mean, he was a cast off of the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, that's not really, um, you know, and the fact that the Jets were able to get him on not even an NHL deal originally kind of said that this was a real reclamation project. Well, it didn't take very long, um, you know, to reclaim his spot as a legitimate prospect. And, you know, he was a contributor right off the bat. Now, we remember he did have a few good games with Connor and Dubois. He's played some other spots, but here's why I don't mind Lowry having him in that fourth line right now with Veselina and Toninato. If you go back to the 2nd of January with the game after that long layoff coming out of the break and the Jets were playing in Vegas against the Golden Knights, Svechnikov was on the fourth line that game. He scored. He was the first star of the game. And for my money, that was the best line. That was the best fourth line game we've seen From a winnipeg jets fourth line at any point this season so i know people sometimes get tied up with oh you know one two three four where they're in what's going to determine this is how effective those guys can play together um and with the amount of hockey they're playing over the course of this week you have to get production from your fourth line and um you know you need to be guys that you could the, the coach feels confident throwing out there So if I'm Dave, Dave Lowry, I feel a hell of a lot better putting that line and no disrespect to Christian Reichel, who I think quitted himself well when he was out there. And in that Vegas game, he of course scored a goal. And that was when he was playing with Adam Lowry, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But listen, Evgeny Svechnikov playing in the bottom six is fine as long as he does play and gets the opportunity to get out there and they get some minutes as a group. And Certainly with the guys that they're missing already, I think they absolutely need that tonight. And I think Svechnikov is going to come into the lineup and give a real spark to that line. And um, listen, I'm a lot more confident than what he brings than, for instance, Vesalainen, who I think has been very inconsistent this year. Um, But I thought Ves had one of his best games of the season against Vegas in that game as well. So um, those guys together again, uh, I think it's a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets. And I'll be very interested to see how they play and how much they play. When the game gets going tonight at Bridge uh,
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. I think you're looking at getting more offense from the uh what's listed as the fourth line there. And you know, Harkins, Lowry, Poganski all kind of play that straight line style. Maybe Harkins uh, the speed guy, Poganski can drive to the net. Um Lowry, you know, he's big, big up the middle. So I mean, I see what I see what they're doing. We'll wait and see what the ice time uh, distribution is. And I think the ice time distribution will be watching. As I as you said, I mean, this heavy schedule is like seven games in 11 days at one point. I think they're playing like 50 games in 100 days. So, I mean, it's something something close to that. It's going to be it's a like total. 40
1: and 82, I think. I mean, it's essentially every single yeah. other day.
2: And I have to wonder, I mean, how much do they just like rotate guys in and out of the lineup? Or, you know, guys are going to have minor injuries. But I think the team has shown, I mean, they have depth on defense where you can, you know, put guys in and out. And. Not lose very much, if anything. So, I'm I am looking for. But your, your injuries are going to happen too. You're going to have guys. You know, do we have guys Especially on the list with or not? The
1: schedule coming yeah. up. I mean, I think you have to assume injuries anyways. I think it's unreasonable not to expect that you know the jet there may i would assume that there will be more man games lost with this schedule than if it was originally it was rolled out and unfortunately for the Winnipeg Jets and many other teams in the NHL that's just simply something they're going to need to deal with and that's why the depth of the Jets blue line and some of these other young players that have gotten a chance to get their feet wet over the past few weeks with the uh, revolving door that's been the Jet dressing room um is going to be, I think, important. It could definitely help the team down the road when they need it with all of those games going forward and a lot of work to do to get back into a central division playoff spot or hang on to a wild card spot.
2: Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, Nashville has they've been so good this season. The the biggest surprise uh for me, I think carried a lot by goaltending, but you know, Matt Duchesne having a great season, just going over their lines quickly from daily faceoff. But Forsberg, Granlund, Duchesne. You uh, like Tolvin, remember him? We've been waiting for him for a while. Ryan Johansson, Luke Cunning, Traynon, Sissons, Tanner, Jano, uh, Cousins, McCarran, Tomasino. I mean, the bottom six there, not exactly household names. And D, Yossi, Carrier, Davies, Benning, Boroweki, Myers. UC Soros has been the rock and goal. I mean, looking at this roster, I'm like, how? How are these guys doing it? They're third in the division, 51 points in 41 games. I mean six two two points percentage. I think that's what we have to go by as they've played six more games than the Jets, but their goal differentials a positive. I mean these guys they've they've been good and you know I think we were writing off Matt Duchesne for a while, but I mean they've been great the last the last bit. So I am looking forward to seeing uh, this Nashville team here.
1: What's interesting is that Nashville was brought in to be their eight million dollar a year number one, number two center, and he's not playing center right now. They've got Granland in the middle. Um, You know, with Forsberg and Duchesne on that top line. And then, uh, you know, Ryan Johansson's had a real resurgence this year mm-hmm. after, you know, some really disappointing seasons, making big, big money in Nashville. All that being said, this team's lost four games in a row. I mean, the Jets go into uh, this season. I mean, they were in first place in the division. Um, and I believe it's four straight regulation losses. At one point, they were 24-10-3. So maybe we're getting a little bit of regression to the mean here right now. Um, but this Jets team needs to be uh, all hands on deck tonight and do what they, whatever it takes to try and squeeze two points out of this game, preferably in regulation, to keep Nashville going in the direction they are in and make a couple points up in a big, big head-to-head divisional matchup. Because as I mentioned, it's great to have six games in hand. Well, maybe it's not great to have six games in hand, but it's better than being 11 back and having the same amount of games played. Um, but the fact of the matter is the Jets have 40 points and the Natural Predators have 51, tied with the St. Louis Blues right now. So uh there is a lot of work to be done. And um, this is a big one tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. You mentioned borvietsky I I I have to admit, I can't, I'm just amazed that he's still in the NHL. You know, when uh, I kind of thought that he was just Eugene Melnick's guy. You know, a lot of teams will have like a guy. Uh, you know what? We really like him. He's great in the room. Sort of like a Matt Hendricks director of morale type dude. I kind of thought that Borvietsky was that guy with Ottawa. And uh, lo and behold, he signs in Nashville and, uh, you know, he's still playing in the league.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this defense right now. I know Fabro and Eckholm are on the list, uh, according to Daily Face Off here. But I mean, uh, Matt Benning, I mean, uh, I'm not. I'm not sold on what I'm looking at here on the back end, so maybe the jets are catching a break with a couple guys out but I mean Nashville seems to be doing it they have i mean uh u c Soros has been very good this year, and you know sometimes that's all you need us uh a hot goalie. i mean he's i think he's up there for a Vesna conversation this year, just the numbers this season uh nine twenty three save percentage that's pretty good two forty three uh goals against though so. Well, We'll
1: have more on the Preds and the yeah. Jets coming up in a few minutes when we head out to Nashville Music City before tonight's 7 o'clock puck drop with Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. We're going to hit a number of topics around the National Hockey League with Dave from the fourth period. Uh, before we do that, a big shout-out and uh, thank you to our friends at F Apparel, one of our newest sponsors. Of course, Andrew Parks and the gang down at 190 Smith Street are the purveyors of Winnipeg's Finest custom suits for men. Uh, really, more than just custom suits. Uh, custom clothing for any occasion: dress shirts, winter jackets, casual chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, and more. Uh, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just four hundred dollars. You can usually get a pretty good look at plenty of those uh, F suits when the Winnipeg Jets are rolling down the uh, hallway at Bell at uh, Canada Life Center, and the social media team tweets some of them out. I knew they do a bit of business with the local hockey team. Uh, they start at just four hundred bucks, and if you're in a wedding party this summer, talk to Andrew and the guys over at F. You'll get fifteen percent off for your entire group when you buy your suits from F Apparel. Make an appointment or check them out online at F. That's E P H Apparel. Uh, dot com. Our friends at Vita Health are dominating January, and so can you. If you are doing a sober January, they've got a ton of great non alcoholic products, including uh, clever mocktails, boreal mechanicals, and the uh, great non alcoholic beers from Sober Carpenter. Um, and if you're thinking about uh, dipping your toes into the waters of a vegan diet, talk to the experts over at Vita Health. They'll help you with some great choices, including. Top of the line products Tofurkey, Field Roast, Guardian, The Very Good Butchers, Light Life, Beyond Meat, and more. Uh, Vita Health stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices. Seven locations in the peg, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And while we're uh, trying to uh, crank up the health factor of all of our lives. You know where it all starts. That is with being hydrated and drinking water. And when you think of water, you think of the folks over at Culligan. Family owned in Winnipeg for over 65 years at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. Culligan are the water experts. And uh, they've got you covered for water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, as well as if you've got needs for your business, commercial and industrial water products and solutions as well. Uh, Pick up the phone, hit them up at 694-5180. Talk to our friend Keenan and the gang over at Culligan Water or find out more online at drinkculligan.com. All right, let's talk some puck right now. And welcome in from the fourth period. It's the return of Dave Pagnotta. Dave, what's going on? Thanks for doing this. How are you?
0: Just... Embracing the cold here in Toronto. Chilly, yeah, chilly for like all I, week. We got hit hard. It's been, yeah.
1: Hey, tell us about the. Were you there when you guys had the big dump? I mean, we're used to some yeah. snow around here, but I mean, that did actually look pretty significant. I mean, uh, you know, not quite calling the army in. Um, for the uh, the famous days of Mel Lastman, and luckily Rob Ford was out, uh, or Doug Ford was out digging people out on his own, just uh, yep. really taking control. But uh, that looked crazy, like forty centimeters the entire. Has everyone dug out More. yet?
0: Uh, there, there are some. I've got a friend of mine. Their driveway or their street is still, it, it hasn't been plowed yet. Um, some parts of the city got sixty centimeters. So, or the, or I guess the GTA. So it's it's. Um, it was a big dump in, in 24 hours, uh, and it's freezing today. It's like minus 28 right now or something or whatever it is. But uh, eh, what are you going to do? We can't have fans in the buildings. We can't have nice things outside either.
1: So, yeah, whatever. everyone's staying home. If there. Uh, I'll say this. If there was ever a time all year to have to stay home, this is it. And uh, yeah. hopefully we'll get into the next month, and you know, we'll have some loosened restrictions, and we'll be able to get some fans back in the buildings. Uh, but the bottom line is the NHL ain't waiting anymore. We got the schedule yep. yesterday. Um, what have you heard from reaction from around the league, and especially the Canadian teams? I can tell you, when I mean, we were live on the air, we were going through the list, and we're like, Jesus, these guys are playing like two out of every three nights for the better part of the Olympic break. I mean, seven games in like ten and a half days, five yeah. and seven at one point. Um, this is going to really, really tax the rosters, and I would say the depth of many of the teams in the National Hockey League, especially north of the border. Oh, absolutely,
0: yeah, and and everyone was warned. Everybody was warned right off the bat that. You know, as we finalize this schedule, this is kind of how things are going to look. You're, there are going to be some very, very tough stretches uh, in February, and even you know, kind of moving things along throughout the rest of the season. But um, you know, th- this this was kind of known to all the teams that this was going to be a possibility. And look, there's no other choice. I mean, you, they didn't push the season into May. They're still utilizing that that first week of May as a bit of a buffer in the event that other uh, there are more games that have to be. Postpone later on with the hope is that they don't have to worry about that but at, at least they're giving themselves a buffer so the season still ends on April 29th uh the full 82 games so you want to get that in you got to cram everything where you can some adjustments made but yeah I mean you know there, there are going to be some tough stretches and but there are going to be some empty buildings and and it is what it is in Ontario the government announcing today that up until February 21st there's 500 people uh, and that includes everybody. The Leafs kind of did that earlier where they only let staff and uh, media and, and some, some arena personnel along with friends and family of the players to attend outside of that. There's going to be nothing until the 21st of February. Then it goes to 50% capacity in Toronto and Ottawa. And then March 14th, it, it hopefully, it's supposed to go full. So within that period, there are, I want to say, 15 or 16 games in Toronto and Ottawa combined that will have uh, nobody in the building, basically, until we get to that February 21st uh, period. It is what it is. The league can't wait anymore. And uh, at least we're getting the full 82 in.
1: Yeah, and I'd imagine. We're going to wait to see what it's like here in Manitoba. I mean, I can't tell you that our covid numbers are indicating that anything will really be changing anytime soon but i mean like the one thing that we've seen with this variant that it you know spikes really quickly and comes down quickly so i think we're still holding out hope that we might be able to get to even a partial um uh partial crowd as far as the games next week though i mean there's two home games big ones minnesota and and florida and um you know we got it if you had season tickets for the jets you got an email a couple days ago saying yeah uh, no fans on this one you'll get a credit for these uh and uh Pop in if you want a chance to buy, because we've got 125 pairs in the entire building to sell. So there'll <laughs> be 250 lucky fans that'll be there in a very strange atmosphere. Um, yeah. But for teams like Winnipeg, um, you know, we were just getting into this game tonight against the Nashville Predators. And, you know, the Jets have actually had some help on the out-of-town scoreboard over the course of the last couple of weeks when they have been off so much. Um and really went into the action uh, the other day. Technically, if you're breaking it down by points percentage in that final wild card, we were just looking at the Nashville Predators, who have lost four games in a row in regulation, and yet the Jets go into this game 11 points back, albeit with six games in hand. I mean, for teams like Winnipeg. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, this is going to be a real tough schedule. No one's going to be feeling sorry for them. you got to get points right now and get back into it. And, uh, you know, we're approaching this point in the season, you know, getting closer to the trade deadline where I think these next six, seven weeks and how teams like the Winnipeg Jets handle this meat grinder of the month of February will really determine a lot of things It will be very interesting for guys like you following the entire league getting closer to the deadline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, these stretches, while they are going to be gruesome for a few teams, like you said, you know, six games in hand in Nashville. Well, if you get back into that, I mean, they're still in the race for a wild card position. So if you get yourselves right up to that point, uh, four points back, three points back, you know, something in and around that range by the trade deadline, you're right in the thick of things. Uh, So, you know, really anything can happen. This is kind of from a management perspective, this is a, look, we know we've been dealt a crappy hand, but give me a reason to help you. Give me a reason to bolster this team if I have that opportunity. And really, it's going to come down to those players and how well this team performs and how well those players perform over these next six, seven weeks leading up to that trade deadline, which is a two months from tomorrow. So it, 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 and on one end, it's a grind. But on the other end, you can build momentum really quickly if you can kind of snap into it and and get your mind and and your feet kind of in sync and rolling in the same direction. And if you're hot, And you stay hot over the course of these next, say, three, four weeks. That could lead to a big catapult up the standings and and at the same time, give your team from a management side the opportunity to say, okay, we're in this thing. We know we could get here. Let's see if we can fine tune a a few more things for the stretch run.
1: Well, of course, one of the other things that's going to have a huge impact on how teams do is how they're able to handle the schedule, but also how many players they have available. And I mean, I think it's safe to say that I think we can all assume, logic would tell us that, you know, because of the the schedule, that there'll be more man games lost to injury and the depth of these teams are going to be tested. And then, of course, there's the COVID list, which has completely, I mean, turned the league upside down over the course of the last month and a half. I mean, we had a game last week in, in, uh, in Detroit where, you know, the Jets, who had had all these talented young defensemen playing with the Manitoba Moose, were down to, I think, like, Declan Chisholm was the 10 or 11 guy on the depth chart and went in and played, played very well. Um, yeah. you know, but I have a feeling that's sort of going to change right now. And we heard from Paul Stastny earlier, who I think echoed the thoughts of many, saying that, you know, it's, just, it's about time that, you know, we go away from testing asymptomatic players. Um, how... How impactful do you think that will be for these teams going forward? Or is it sort of a red herring because basically 80% of the leagues already had it, Dave?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that because so many guys have already tested positive for it, you're looking at a a 90 day window afterwards where they don't really have to get tested from according to, you know, officials on both sides of the border. I think the consensus is at least 90. Um, But I mean if you' if you're just basing it off that, you take ninety days from now you you're right to the end of the regular season. The weather gets warmer, seasonal uh, uh, the seasons are better, so you're getting into spring, you're getting closer to summer, the further you go um, and I, I think because of that, you have to keep in mind the other element that's, that's part of this you know we've got taxi squads right now. those are gone in two weeks uh they, the The taxi squads get eliminated in two weeks, which is when and that coincides with when. They're no longer going to be testing asymptomatic players. Uh, So unless you feel something, you can go out there and and play just like, you know, we used to when guys had the flu or that mumps outbreak where Sidney Crosby's neck was like this. He's like, I don't, I don't feel anything. I feel
1: fine. Those guys are getting tested now though. I think if if you show up with those guys, with (laughs) flu like symptoms or with something (laughs) on your head, you'll probably be doing it. But the bottom line is, I think, I, I think it's safe to say just, just from a math perspective, we're through the worst of it, uh, at yeah. least for this season in this instance, and um, we should have more fuller rosters. One of the things I love about what you guys have done for a long time at the fourth period is not only talk NHL out of great NHL contacts, but also with players and with agents. Um, just the fact of where we are right now, um, the fact that these games, they did, they did their best to try to maximize the revenue and keep it out, but we're going to have a bunch of empty buildings. How worried are players, agents, like on that side of the fifty-fifty split of the HRR, about what this is going to do to the inability to pay back monies that were already paid for the last couple seasons? I mean, what's the economic ramifications of uh, a month of February with little to no fans in Canadian buildings?
0: Um, you know, at the start of the season, the projection was from a league revenue perspective was four point eight billion. Right before we get into this, we got into this big COVID mess again this season um you know end of november they were projecting 5.2 uh that that that's a big jump in a a relatively small period of time even even from a projection perspective so the fact that they were able to make up about 400 million extra from a projection perspective you're probably going to see depending on how things go the rest of the season um as, as we get towards march and and playoffs and, and all that stuff if those all go well there's going to be a dip from the 5.2 but it doesn't look like there's going to be a dip from the 4.8 uh, i think we're going to be in and around i would say the 5 billion range versus 5.2 so and that that may be um uh th- that that may be somewhat optimistic in terms of the overall amount uh, i don't even know if it'll get to 200 million in, in, in additional losses, but it may be, you know, somewhere in the five to 5.1 billion dollar range. So they're still in very good standing, uh, based on how things have gone. And that, you know, you're you're attributing Seattle's HRR into the mix now that they're they're playing and You're taking all that revenue, and you're counting that to hockey-related revenue. The the money and the sponsors that have been generated from the helmet deals, the the new sponsors and corporate sponsors the league has brought on, the PA has brought on. Uh, The television rights deals in the U.S. that are doing really, really well uh, from Turner and from Disney slash ESPN, all of those have contributed so impactfully that while the last month has sucked and this next month will be difficult, um, they're still in very good standing. So there's not a big concern as there would have been had we been through the stretch with no more fans in the building.
1: Hey, you know what? Let me hit you with this one, and and I'll totally understand if this hasn't really been, you know, you haven't been thinking about it. But yeah. um, there was a big shakeup at Rogers um, in the last couple weeks where uh, the guy that's been the head of sports and media has been replaced by someone that has a, uh, a, a corporate reputation of one that wields an axe. Um, we've heard that there's questions about the radio rights for the Canucks going forward, the Calgary Flames going forward. I think everyone would agree that, you know, overall, the $5.2 billion, speaking of 5.2, that was paid for this deal, um, has been a bit of an albatross for Rogers. I mean, looking into the next few years, how much of a concern is it that the money they were able to squeeze out of these Canadian markets outside of ticket sales might be significantly diminished in the future?
0: There was a big um, behind-the-scenes battle for the Edmonton Oilers' rights uh, between Bell and Rogers, uh, and those were up. I think this would have been the last season that Rogers would have had it. Rogers re-upped; they stepped up to make sure that they got that deal, so that they would the net would retain the broadcast rights for the Edmonton Oilers. Rogers, well, I, I and and you're, you're it's a good question because uh, I don't think a lot of people are really looking at that or thinking about it, but Rogers is trying to take uh, uh, basically Alberta and BC and kind of own those elements for the most part. Um, I would be a little bit surprised. I would be pretty surprised, even on the radio side, if if they don't go all in to keep the Canucks side of things and to keep what they've got um, from, from Western Canada. Uh, they, they've invested a lot into it. They like what they've got. They, it, it amplified by the fact that they... Uh, stepped up to renew at a higher mark, the Oilers' rights. Um, I would be a little bit surprised, but and and then if they if they balk at it, but then at the same time, that also shows that there is still a lot of value in those elements, even though we're dealing with COVID and all that stuff. And the projections are we're going to get through it. Um, it's also a good sign for the league to know that there was a battle for the Oilers, and there's going to continue to be a strong positioning from Roger's side of things in terms of retaining their current broadcast rights.
1: Do you think the next TV deal is an exclusive deal? Or do you think they'll try to maybe go to more of an NFL model where TSN has a piece of it? Um, Rogers has a big piece of it. And then, you know, depending on if there are other players, it may be small. Yeah. Each packages get that out there as well. Listen, I don't think there's going to be five, two on the table for another extension. I'll tell you that much.
0: You know, I think that the, the, the NHL will utilize the TNT ESPN model and go to both Rogers and Bell and say, here, here's what's worked so well in the U S bit of a different ball game on our side of the border, but nevertheless, things are working so well on this side. Why don't we discuss that? And it may, it may lead to a higher number combined, but the real question quite frankly is will bell and Rogers want to split it? I can tell you bell has been offered in the first few years of the Rogers deal. They were offered the opportunity to take some season games, and they balked and said, "No, no, you got this. Show us how, how it's done." <laughs> I, so I don't know. I don't know if there would be an appetite to to split. To be honest with you, but I mean, we'll we'll find out in a few years.
1: Dave Hanyata is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's get back to what's happening on the ice right now. Well, and off the ice, what did you make of the <laughs> Maddie versus Dry episode earlier this week in Edmonton? And uh, just thoughts yeah. on the Oilers getting back on the ice tonight, coming off that miserable. Uh, blown lead on Saturday night to the Ottawa Senators. And, oh, guess who's t- in town? The Florida Panthers, fresh off a loss to their uh, division rivals, the Calgary yeah. Flames, and probably aren't going to be in a very good mood.
0: No, no. I, I talked to a couple of Panther players earlier this morning, and, and they're like, yeah, we- we're-, we're itching to hit the ice tonight. Uh, so good luck to the Oilers. Um, the frustrations are boiling over, and it's now going into these press conferences. And because of the times we're in, There's no opportunity to say, all right, just come to the corner. Let's hash this out. Let's forget about it. Now it's, well, all the cameras and everybody's going to pick up on it. And you're only going to show certain clips. They didn't show, I think the main clip that was being tossed around was right when that instance occurred, when Leon was just tremendously annoyed, not just kind of annoyed.
1: He was Uh, being pissy, I believe was the term uh, for it. Right.
0: Sorry. Yes, that's right. He was. He was. (laughs) Um, The questions kind of before that, which Maddie also asked, kind of led into that. Um, but it's all those, it's, it's the frustration. And he came back and he gave a shot to, to, to Jim about it. And then he came back with the pissy comment and this and that. So, I mean, look, there's, it goes on both sides. Um, but it it really shows you that the frustration is just, it's, it, they can't hide it anymore because you're getting the same questions over and over again. And management is sitting back waiting. You know, we know that they've been looking, that they've been looking for a goalie for a little over a month. Even though Kenny Holland said, no, it's Smith and Koskinen's net. It's not going to be because he's been looking. Um, Evander Kane, they're waiting to see what the league rules on that. And if it's all good, they're going to sign Evander Kane. Uh, Dylan Holloway is getting some time in the AHL. Is that going to give him enough to prove to the guys that A, he's healthy, and B, he can compete to, to an NHL side of things? And if that is the case, and now you add Holloway and you add Kane, your lineup's a lot deeper all of a sudden up front, uh, and and the biggest thing is secondary scoring and depth for this Oilers team. So, I, I, they're they're in a very patient wait and see mode because they want to know how these two little things with Kane and Holloway kind of play in, because nobody's doing them any favors on the trade market. So they have to wait it out. But until they get those other pieces, and unless they win, you, you're gonna you're gonna see some very curt answers, I would imagine. Until they start piling up some W's.
1: Well, I can tell you that uh, Ken Holland might be being patient, but uh, as a guy that does, uh, you know, uh, goes on Dustin Nielsen's show every week and he comes on with me and we do the lock shop together, there is no patience amongst the fan base right now. I mean, (laughs) it is a full fire. And I mean, it's been going on all week. I mean, you knew it was going to be a disaster after that Saturday night game. And maybe we should have expected a blow up like happened, uh, you know, at some point. And I'm fascinated to see how the Oilers look tonight coming out of a week of practice and with everything else that's going on and around the team. Um, Dave, you know, we're still, what, six, seven weeks out, I guess, from the trade deadline or so. But, um, I mean, the East is pretty much set. I'd be stunned. I mean, if those top eight teams aren't in the playoffs, it will take... Either a complete bottoming out of one of the teams or a hamburger type run of one of the teams on the outside of it. Um, What are you hearing? I mean, could we be seeing some, maybe some moves made a little earlier, particularly in the Eastern Conference because of just the landscape of what it is? And is there any players that you're hearing right now that uh, maybe some GMs are being a little bit more aggressive and knocking on the door of their fellow counterparts?
0: Right now, there's a lot of exploration right now. It's, it's let's feel things out. Let's see who's available, who might be available. Some teams like Philly are, are just grasping at whatever they can to stay into the mix. Um, I suspect in a couple weeks, they'll hit reality and say, OK, well, we got to talk to Giroux. We've got to figure out what to do with Justin Braun and Rasmus Ristelainen and Kenaten and, and they think there's another update. I think they got four pending UFA defensemen. Um, are they going to explore Travis Konechny again? Uh, That was a player that they had talked about making some type of hockey move, swap talent for talent, utilizing him as a key piece. They tried last season. They tried in the summer. Um, Are they going to look to do that again at at this stage? It's it's possible. Um, Columbus, another team. They've got Junis Corpusalo, who's a UFA. They've got Max Domi, who's a UFA. They've got a few other pieces that they can look to move that some teams have asked about. Teams are curious about Patrick Laine. He's an RFA. Teams are curious about Jack Roslovich that's changed a little bit um compared to last season when when things were going so well for him and 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 how he was performing. Uh Montreal now that they've got their GM going to take about a week or so to figure out what they want to do or at least get a good picture uh, of 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 what they want to do and then really intensify those Ben Sherratt talks. Um the Kulaks, the other assets that they have, Peros and so on that are UFAs at the end of the season. And another guy that teams are are curious about, Jonathan Drouet. Very good playmaker. He's got another year left on his deal. He's only 26. Would the Canadians consider making a move of of that caliber before the deadline? So I I think I agree with you. I think that the the eight teams that are currently in the East are more than likely the eight teams that end up in the playoffs. The only team I'm curious, and I haven't written them off yet, is the New York Islanders. 13 games to start on the road. Ravid. Just destroyed by by COVID earlier on. Um, I want to see them get on track. They've been a lot better the last, I'd say, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. If they can get on a run here, and one of those teams falls back, I wouldn't count them out just yet. But outside of that, I think most of those teams are looking at themselves, going, "All right, it might be time to start wheeling and dealing." We're not there yet, but I, I suspect right after All Star. That's when things are going to get serious.
1: Dave, uh, I, you know, I just have to circle back to our old pal Ek9. I can't can't bring him up no. here in Winnipeg without getting a little update on this. I mean, it was interesting to see. And I mean, as a player, I mean, I think he's a low, uh, well, I shouldn't say low risk. He's not, I don't think you could ever call Evander Kane low risk, but the cost on a one-year deal of what it's going to get him to come in um, yep. could end up being a smart bet for a team. Um, but w- what are you hearing right now about his situation? Because it does seem like, um, whatever the instance was of him traveling without the proper time away was what gave the Anaheim, the uh, San Jose Sharks the confidence that they were in the right to terminate the contract. We'll find out what happens with the appeal. Um, but it sounds like there's a potential suspension. I mean, where are things are at? And at what point will Evander <laughs> and the Oilers have any sort of clarity on this?
0: Well, you know, they, they thought, my understanding was Kane and, and his camp we're under the impression that by either yesterday or end of day today, the NHL would wrap up their investigation and start compiling their report um, and, and have that basically ready for the end of the week. They're confident enough that they will be getting through this uh, and, and then just be ready to sign with the team. It sounds like w- which is effectively the Oilers. The, the, I've been told nothing different. Uh, they're just in waiting mode to see how this kind of plays out. Um, but. It sounds like things have been delayed a little bit. Uh, I didn't get the sense this afternoon that the league was ready to submit their report uh, or, or wrap things up just yet. And the initial, as I said, the initial belief was either, either Wednesday or Thursday, or Thursday it hasn't happened yet. So um, they may be pushing things. They may want to figure out exactly what uh, grounds they have to potentially suspend him further
1: from, from any kind of play. Well, he um, got clipped, a, Dave, he got clipped for 21 games for a COVID-related yeah. violation. I mean, if they decide yeah. that he's going to get suspended, I mean, are we talking about that sort of a number again? I mean, is that how serious this is in the thought of the National Hockey League? Because it was at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, the perception is it's that serious. But I can tell you, again, talking to people in his camp, they vehemently deny that there was any fake uh, vaccination documentation, anything along those lines. The fact that he was allowed to enter Canada while testing positive The argument there is that might be more on the Canadian border services than the fact that Kane was allowed to go through. Uh, Did he break any league rules? I don't think so. Not by the sounds of things. Did he break the Canadian border services rules and laws that are currently in place? It sounds like it, but that's not an NHL issue, uh, technically. So those are the arguments that his camp are kind of relaying back, saying, well, he, he didn't have false documents. He got into the country. They let him in. What's the issue from the NHL side of things? So that, the only – actually, the only real issue is the fact that he didn't go back to the Barracuda on time when he was supposed to. Uh, but they terminated his contract because of that. So that might be – that might be they could argue that that's enough of a punishment, and now we'll figure out the, the contract situation with the Sharks based on the, um, the appeal and let us sign our guy wherever he needs to go. So it's, it's all a big waiting mode right now. Um, it's it, I can tell you, Tuesday, I thought this was going to be resolved by Friday. We're sitting here Thursday. Things are being pushed a little bit. It may take the weekend. Um, it may take till the beginning of next week before we get a, an ultimate uh, ruling on this. But it's it's coming quickly. And Kane's just sitting back waiting.
1: Well, it, it can't come soon enough for the Oilers even just to have something else to talk about as opposed to what's going on right now. Dave, thanks so much for yeah. doing this. Uh, look forward to catching up real soon.
0: You got it.
1: Thanks for having me. There it is. uh, Dave Pagnotta on Twitter. And of course, make sure you're following and checking out the fourth period. Uh, Mike McIntyre is ready to go. Uh, Just before we bring Mike in, a big shout out to our friends at Manitoba Battery. Yeah, another day, another extreme cold warning. You better have a battery that's going to get you from point A to B reliably. And if you do need one or need a test on your current battery, Donnie and the gang down at Manitoba Battery are the go-to guys for all things batteries Here in Winnipeg. Got locally owned down at 1026 Logan Avenue. And they also feature delivery services citywide. If you're not able to get down there. Give them a call at 204-783-8787. Best prices in town. Don't waste your time at Costco or any of the big box stores. $89.50 with Core Exchange. Incredible selection of high quality booster cables as well not to mention sled batteries and so much more find them online at manitobabattery.com or give them a call at 204-783-8787 of course the jets are back in action tonight royal sports has the biggest and best selection of jets merchandise in the city thousands of items including some really cool retro jerseys that came in this week featuring Teemu Dale Howarchuk, Anders Hedberg. You can find those down at 750 Pemina Highway. While you're there, check out the extensive collection of Blue Bomber Championship merchandise, as well as NFL gear for the entire league, but especially those eight teams that are still battling for a spot in the Super Bowl in LA in a few weeks. Of course, they're the hockey superstore as well. Tons of snowboard gear and equipment. And make sure you check out the, all the cool stuff over on the Kings Skate, snow and surf side as well. Over at Royal Sports, been with us from day one, 750 Pamina Highway. And as we get into the new year, if you're looking for a new vehicle before you do anything, talk to the gang over at Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? Waverly and McGillivray is the place. Not.ca is the spot online. And of course, they've also got the Winnipeg Car Lab open as well. Follow Winnipeg Car Lab on all the social channels. They're doing that strip, striping, tinting, rims, and, of course, full custom wraps if you need one for your business. not AutoCorp, Waverly and & McGilvery, and at Not.ca. All right, let's get to Music City and bring in our good friend Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press before the Jets have a huge game tonight against the Preds. Mike, how's Music City treating you?
3: It's cold here, Huss. It's really cold. It snowed overnight. There's, there's this white stuff all over the ground, which as a canadian of course is not unusual. T- no it was was minus 5 uh temperature and a minus 12 wind chill this morning and it's a, it's a damp cold that the locals here they don't know what to do with it i mean yeah it's balmy by winnipeg winter standards but uh it was weird weather they got like a monsoon yesterday afternoon and evening a ton of rain and then it turned to snow overnight and you know, this is a big sports weekend here in uh, Music City Hus. Not only are the Preds and Jets playing tonight. I know you would be interested in this, and I kind of wish I was sticking around. WWE SmackDown is here tomorrow night. Uh, live from Bridgestone Arena. Uh, I saw some of the trucks kind of waiting in the area. I guess they'll be setting up probably as soon as the game ends tonight. I
1: think and, that you know, might have been the, that might have been the event. I think that was supposed to be here. I think that was the, the event that they originally announced for Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. So isn't that funny? And, uh, and that we go from funny, the yeah. squared circle into a heavyweight tilt in the National Football League with the Bengals coming to town to take on the Titans, who, of course, hold down their one seed in the AFC.
3: That's right. And that that's taking place Saturday afternoon. So if you were if you were like a hockey, football, wrestling fan, and I know you and I are, Haas, like <laughs> this would be a good 48 hours to spend in, in Music City, no doubt about it. The Jets, of course, will be trying to lay the smack down on the Predators tonight. And, you know, Nashville's a team, huss. they leave their opponents black and blue. They're one of the most physical teams in the NHL. They're also one of the most penalized teams in the NHL. So I expect, uh, I expect a bit of a war on the ice tonight as these Central Division rivals get reacquainted with each other.
1: Well, you know what, before we get to tonight's game, um, let me first ask you about Nikolai Ehlers. What did you think of the two-game suspension to Orlov? And maybe most importantly, because the suspension, as he said, doesn't really help the Jets at all. They're finished playing Washington this year. Um, I know you saw Nikolai Ehlers. He's still with the team right now, which I guess would be a good sign. I mean, uh, fill us in on the latest on 27, and what you're gathering from uh, being there in Nashville.
3: Yeah, I just saw Nikolai Ehlers about an hour ago here. I'm just at the hotel down the street from the rink here, Haas. uh, but as I, and, and the Jets are staying right around here as well. So they actually walked back to the rink and I saw Ehlers along with his Jets teammates. And the good news is he was not only walking on his own, but there's no crutches. Um, certainly no leg brace or anything that I could see. I mean, I guess it's possible he's wearing something under his pants, but there's nothing bulky that, that stood out. And I mean, he had a bit of a limp, but nothing too pronounced. So, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, uh, but uh, that's got to be encouraging. I mean, you know, the way he went down the other day and, and we know he's out for the rest of this road trip. The Jets have just actually put him on on IR, which will just create a, a roster spot. Um, but whether he could be you know, ready to return as early as next week, I'm not sure. I know they were awaiting some further tests. Uh, as for the suspension, Haas, I mean, yeah, two games. That's kind of the going rate. I suspect uh, we saw Neil Pionk get get the two games as well on the Rasmus Sandin, and and I think we know. I mean, look, people, I've seen it in my Twitter mentions, people saying, "Oh, the NHL, they should suspend a guy for as long as the guy he hurt is out." That's not the way it works. Um, so Dmitry Orlov probably was never going to get more than two games, regardless of. Whether Nikolai Ehlers misses a week or a month, uh, that's kind of not how the NHL determines justice. And the thing is, like, look, it was a it was a reckless and dangerous play. It wasn't deliberate, though. It's not like Dmitry Orlov said, "I'm going to go hurt Nikolai Ehlers" as he went out on that ship. Hockey's a fast game. He made a stupid, reckless play that caused an injury. And you know, I want to know when's the hearing for the four officials on the ice house who somehow. Hmm. Didn't see anything wrong with that at the time. Like it was, I, I appreciate that that the sport moves fast, but it was plain as day that that was a knee-on-knee hit. And I just wonder if this is a bit of victim blaming that went on here. Like we, we know, those of us who follow the Jets, we know Nikolai Ehlers, let's face it, he goes down a lot, right? He He, he gets, there's a lot of contact. He's also one of the NHL's leaders in drawing penalties but i do wonder at times if officials when they see who it is on the ice almost now hold that against him and so i don't want to say that they thought he flopped or was faking but i do wonder if they saw nikolai ehlers saw 27 on the ice and that gave them pause for thought the bottom line if you're the jets you have every right to be frustrated not only because you lose ehlers, but also, you probably should have been on a five-minute power play uh, in that game. And, you know, Dmitry Orlov stays in the game. He actually helped set up Tom Wilson's overtime winner. Talk about insult to injury, literally. Uh, and so there's a point that I'm sure if you're the Jets, you could probably look back and say, we deserve two points, not one out of that game.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed on that. Um Ehlers just in the last 20 minutes has been put on IR by the hockey club. What's the significance of that? And do we take anything from it?
3: No, that's just a, it's just a paperwork move at this point We we knew he wasn't playing tonight and we know he's not playing Saturday or Sunday. Dave Lowry's already ruled them out. Uh, IR, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, they may have changed the rules. I believe it's just seven days minimum and it's retroactive. So, I mean, if, if Nikolai Ehlers was feeling like a hundred bucks, you know, next, next Tuesday and, was able to play against the Panthers when the Jets finally come home, I I believe there'd be nothing preventing them from activating him at that point. They'd be one week removed from, from when the injury occurred. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that he is going to be ready to play by Tuesday. I I do wonder, I mean, the Jets do have, although they're starting a very busy stretch here, there still is that brief all-star break. Um, And so, you know, you wonder if, if they might use that to their advantage and, the hope, of course, is that Ehlers, you know, is back sooner than later. Because, look, the Jets were about to get kind of fully healthy here, right? Paul Stasny's back tonight. Evgeny Svechikov's back. Blake Wheeler probably will be back on on Saturday. Brendan Dillon should be back off COVID protocol. Uh, and you know, they they were really close to kind of having their maximum optimal lineup here. And then Ehlers goes down. And isn't that the way it usually works, right? Just when you think you're You're in a clearing, you know, another storm hits. But, um, you know, the hope, of course, is that Ehlers is okay, ultimately. And at least from what I saw down at the rink this morning, um, put it this way, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, You know, seeing him walk on his own without the aid of anything, uh, I think has got to be an encouraging sign.
1: Mike McIntyre the Winnipeg Free Press with us in Nashville, getting ready for tonight's 7 o'clock puck drop between the Jets and the Nashville Predators um, The defense looks like it's going to stay the same. It's another opportunity for Dylan Sandberg. I think you know, obviously Brendan Dillon's availability has quite a bit to do with that, but um, uh, how much heat do you think Logan Stanley's feeling right now with the performance of Dylan Sandberg, the fact that Billy Hainel is skating with the club and seemingly ready for his opportunity. I mean, um, and obviously with a new coach that, you know, has his own way of doing things and has seemingly been impressed with Sandberg. I mean, what do you make of the competition for spots playing time and being in the lineup towards the, uh, the bottom of the depth je- depth chart of the top six?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, if you're Logan Stanley, I think you should be feeling <clears throat> some pressure and, and maybe hearing footsteps because I'm not sure Huss that when Brendan Dillon is ready to return. And again, that could be as early as Saturday. I don't know that it's a given that Dylan Sandberg is the one that comes out of the lineup, especially if Sandberg, you know, continues to play at the level we've seen in his first couple games, and if Logan Stanley struggles the way that I think we saw the other night in Washington, that was not a banner game for Big Logan Stanley. Um, and and so you know, I do wonder if if it's not just automatic that that the change as we maybe thought it would be, you know, Sandberg just comes out as a placeholder basically for Dylan. I do wonder if that's necessarily the case, and. Obviously, Declan Chisholm got a game in last week. He looked really good as well. And the Jets do have Billy Hainala. So, you know, there is some competition. We saw it again at Morning Skate uh, today, Huss. They, they had uh, 16 forwards, eight defensemen. Like, it looks like training camp out there. And Dave Met, Dave Lowry is doing this on purpose. He is sending a message. He, he said it as clear as day to me the other day that he wants his players To hear those footsteps to know that there is competition. Now let me just say this Huss, when Blake Wheeler gets activated from LTIR and we expect that's probably going to happen tomorrow or I guess Saturday, there's going to have to be some dominoes fall in this lineup strictly for cap reasons and my understanding is unless Nikolai Ehlers goes on LTIR which he's not, he's just on regular IR That's not going to help the cap situation. And Kevin Shovelayoff, who of course is here on the road with the team, he's got some tough decisions to make in the next 24, 48 hours as to what he does with all these players. We also know the taxi squad, uh, by the sounds of it, is going away once the All-Star break hits. So you won't have those guys kind of around the team for much longer. So all of which is to say that the numbers we're seeing right now around the jets with all these bodies, that's temporary. Um, But I do think that, that everybody should be on notice. And Andrew Kopp spoke to this a little bit this morning, that they believe they really do have a clean slate with the new voice behind the bench. And, you know, for those who maybe doubt that, and I see, I still see some of the, Oh, this is just same old, same old, you know, it's Dave Lowry, acting like Paul Maurice, ask yourself this, if Paul Maurice was coaching the Jets right now with the players that are in the roster tonight, that are going to be in the lineup, do you think Cole Perfetti would still be playing on the second line with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor? Would he have even been given that chance to play on that line? Which is to say that I do believe that Dave Lowry is bringing that clean slate approach and that he is willing to give even if it's younger, inexperienced guys, a look that maybe they just weren't getting in the past.
1: Well, it, it's a it's a fascinating... Now, listen, I, I'm not sure what the dominoes... I mean, I don't know if you want to suggest. On it. It's hard to wrap my head around the cap implications on a day-by-day oh. basis. I mean, you almost need a master's degree to figure all that out. But when Wheeler's good to go, he's going to be back in the lineup, and you would think right. most of the regulars will be there and ready to go. I mean, I think we all sort of thought that it would make a lot of sense for Wheeler at least initially coming back into the lineup to potentially play on that third line along with Adam Lowry, which I've got a lot of time for. I mean, I think that if healthy and if Ehlers is in there, that might be the best way to go going forward. If Ehlers is out for any significant period of time, there's that spot there. Svechnikov, of course, has been hurt. He's coming back into the fourth line. Maybe we'll get to that in a minute, but um, you know, regardless of who's up and down, if most of the regulars that have been there throughout are available to Dave Lowry, How do you think they handle Wheeler coming back in, knowing that Nikolai Ehlers isn't going to be playing on the weekend?
3: Yeah, and then it's a question of what you do with Paul Stasny, who right now is up. He's going to play in the Ehlers spot along with Andrew Kopp. I mean, you do have a number of options, right, Huss? Dave Lowry could always put Andrew Kopp back on the third line with Lowry if he wants that true checking line. But I think Dave Lowry likes what Andrew Kopp has brought uh, and and how he works with Mark Scheifele. I don't know that that's automatically going to happen. So does Blake Wheeler go up there with Scheifele and Kopp in Ealer's absence, and is it Paul Stasny that slides back down to play with with Adam Lowry on a third line? Um, You know, again, and Cole Perfetti, like, is his spot secure? He scored, of course, the other night, and I really like what that line did. They created a ton against a really good Capitals team Um, You know, nothing is permanent, of course, but we know that that spot with Dubois and connor that's a spot that Svechnikov has been in there. Um, Veselainen got a look in there. Like, you could put a whole bunch of different guys there. You could put Blake Wheeler there, I suppose. Um, So, you know, Dave Lowry does have a lot of options. I think his options, though, may be a little more limited by the cap situation that's going to probably require some guys who are here through no fault of their own, to be moved, you know, down either back to the taxi squad for now, or down to the farm. Here's an interesting one for you, Huss, and I, I really wonder how much the Jets might consider this. Nathan Bolio, who, let's face it, he's not getting into this lineup, I mean, unless injuries hit. Um, great character guy, They they certainly appreciate what he brings, you know, to the room. But I do wonder if that cap space for Nathan Beaulieu might be better used and, in fact, might be, might be needed by the Jets. And I do wonder if they would consider waiving Nathan Beaulieu, um, you know, and you, you take the risk, I guess, that another team decides they want to pick him up. And if so, and he goes and plays somewhere else, good for him. If not, he clears. You could put him on the taxi squad for now and, and you save that salary. Space and especially when you've seen already what the likes of Sandberg and Chisholm they got Kovacevic down there, who probably would have got the call up last week, but he had COVID, and you got Billy Hanala. Like, there's a lot of good young depth defensemen, and I just wonder if Nate Bolio's not been passed on the depth chart and that his cap savings or his cap space could be better utilized right now.
1: I mean, to me, I think that's where you start. And I guess it depends on how much you have to clear and what it is. But um, listen, if they were at all worried that they really needed Nathan Beaulieu and those other players weren't able to play, I think much of that has probably been, um, I don't think that worries there as much, especially when you see, you know, Dylan Sandberg right now playing over Billy Hainala. I think everyone knows that Hainala... Um, you know, has been in before is ready to go, and we go from there. I mean, it's the simplest, is the easiest move, and to be honest, it's the lowest risk. I mean, Nathan Beaulieu is not really going to be playing very much. It, it, put it this way: if Nathan Beaulieu is in the lineup for the Winnipeg Jets, that's either a wild decision by the guys who are making up the lineup, or um, you know, you're in a real bad situation with the availability of your defensemen that are higher than him on the depth chart. So. Um, I would absolutely think that we would uh, that it would start there. Um, do you think Philly might play on the weekend at all?
3: Well, you know, the Jets do have the option, of course, with uh, with back-to-backs. Um, you know, maybe we see a little bit of movement there um, in terms of, of who's in, who's out. You know, and again, obviously, health will be a big part of it. But let's say Brendan Dillon comes back in the lineup on Saturday. I mean... He's coming off COVID and hasn't skated a whole lot. Are they comfortable having him play back to back? One thing to remember, though, Hus, Billy Hainel is technically not even on the roster right now. He's on the taxi squad. And I realize, you know, it's more of a technicality, but you still have to create the spot and the space, you know, so... I'm really fascinated to see how they stick handle around the Wheeler LTIR activation. And I'm sure Kevin shovel Day off and Larry Simmons more, yeah. more than anybody right now. Uh, they've probably got the, the spreadsheets and the flow charts out, you know, crunching the numbers as to what other moves they're going to have to make to get, to make sure that they are cap compliant. Um, and I would say that Ealer's situation, again, if he's not going on LTIR, and if you go on LTIR, don't forget you got to miss a minimum of 10 games or 24 days. So you only put a guy on LTIR if you know that he's going to be out that long. If there's some gray area there that Ealers could be back, you can't put him on there. So you can't get that cap, that salary cap relief even temporarily. And that does complicate matters because now you've got to – You've got to fill either spot in the lineup and on the roster, but you don't get the cap relief that comes with it. So there's a lot going on, uh, for sure, and it makes for you know some intriguing debate and discussion. And I would say this, Tass, in a lot of ways, these are good problems to have because we're talking about you know good players that, or what we think are good players that either can't get in the lineup right now or might have to come out. And I guess that's a lot better than the alternative. Heck, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, did they even have 18 guys that they can put in the lineup uh, as COVID was taking a toll? It seems like... uh, kind of got through the worst of that and and hopefully some brighter days are ahead
1: well and and i think and you know we talked about with with dave pagnota a little earlier on the program on this but i mean i think that well first of all fingers crossed we as you know not just talking about the jets but as all of us have been through the worst of omicron and we're on the back end of it and you know hopefully it can recede as fast as as it came and it has in, in in some other areas around the world. Um, but the fact of the matter is like 75 to 80% of this league has already contracted it this year. Um, And then of course the news today, which was very well received by I imagine pretty much everybody that asymptomatic test testing will not happen um, anymore right now going forward once we get out of this spot. So I would think that at least the massive numbers on the COVID list probably is behind most teams. And um, that would be a great thing, certainly just for, The ability to watch the games and um, I mean, listen, this is not a comment on COVID, but I don't know many other occupations that are testing asymptomatic people. So I'm not sure why uh, why it was different. I know they had to do a bunch of things to get on the ice. But where we're at right now, it seems like a logical decision going forward that will have some benefits for uh, for the teams and bottom line, the head coaches when they find out who they're able to put in the damn lineup.
3: Yeah, Andrew Kopp said today it'll be nice to not have to hold your breath every day as an organization for that email that says, yeah. you know, the following players. And just look at Vancouver right now, right? It looks like Thatcher Demko is about to enter protocol. And I believe Yaroslav Halak is there uh, as well. So th- th- they're in a world of hurt, potentially the Canucks, in terms of their goaltending situation. Uh, Paul Skazny today, he didn't exactly hold back. He said... Uh, I believe his exact quote was the NHL finally woke up uh, in deciding against the asymptomatic testing. Uh, The Jets, though, they'll still have to test, of course, because they're a Canadian team and there's still the issues of getting back and forth across the border. Um, But again, when you've now had the majority of your team that's already had COVID, um, you know, the, the belief is that you've probably got through the worst of it. Yeah, there still could be some additional cases creep up here in the coming days and weeks. But if you're the Jets, uh, you'd like to think that, you know, you're going to have the majority of your players available. And that's good because the Jets start a stretch. I believe if you add the numbers uh, tonight, I think is the start of, you know, 47 games in, I believe, the next 100 days. So it's pretty much every other day. And then, if, in fact, if you, if you start counting after the All-Star break, I think it gets even more condensed. Uh, because it's going to be an absolute sprint to the finish line here because of those nine postponed games that had to be made up.
1: Well, you know what I mean? Listen, and just selfishly, I mean, you know, not thinking about the virus or anything like that, but just availability of players. I mean, Remo and I were joking about the fact that, you know, most of the guys have had it, but you know who hasn't? Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hellebuck had it much longer than three months ago. I mean, can you imagine those guys going on the list in a week where they're playing five games in seven nights? I mean, that could absolutely be a factor in, you know, because I think we realize right now the jets are going to have to play some good hockey, make up a lot of points on some other teams and do it consistently to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. Um, a very different situation that's in the East where the playoffs are basically done. You've got a yeah. huge bunch of teams that are right on the bubble of which Winnipeg has won. And, um, I mean, I look at this game tonight, Mike, I mean, just bringing it back to the Central Division. Um, you know, Nashville's 11 points up on the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, sure, the Jets have six games in hand, but you win all six of those games, it's 12 points. I mean, there's a lot of work to do for Winnipeg, and, um, you know, we'll speak about the intensity of the month of February coming up, but starting off right now, they're getting Nashville, a team that's lost four in a row after being first place going into this game tonight, albeit without Nikolai Ehlers, but um, this is a huge, huge game for Winnipeg.
3: Yeah, I suspect the Preds are going to be in a bit of an ornery mood. They lost. Uh, they lost, of course, on home ice the other night in Vancouver. That's been the Jets are basically following the Canucks lead here. Huss. Uh, the Canucks beat the Capitals uh, in Washington the other night, and then the Jets went into Washington. Then the Canucks went into Nashville and won. Now the Jets follow that, so Vancouver is giving them a bit of a tough act to follow here um you know and and the Jets of course they got the one point uh, they would have liked two the other night in Washington but yeah this will be a tough game we saw Nashville very early in the regular season I believe it was back in October Huss and the Jets won that game but you know that was that was so early in the season I don't think we knew what to expect uh really from either team and they were just kind of finding their way so uh, the predators, as we've seen, have certainly found their way, other than these last four games that they've they've dropped. Uh, but they've they've had a nice season so far. And they're they're doing it with a couple of guys, you know, leading the way here, Huss, that I think a lot of folks had almost given up on. And Ryan Johansson and and Matt Duchesne, like they're having kind of you know, rejuvenation seasons here. I think we all knew Roman Yossi. Uh, we know what he is, one of the best defensemen in the league, and he's been tremendous this year. UC Seros is having a great season in goal, um, you know, as the as they sort of move on from the Pekarene era. And the Predators have some good special teams. I did mention earlier their one Achilles heel seems to be that they play uh, they play a, a a hard-hitting and at times, you know, borderline illegal. Ah, uh, style of hockey because they are one of the most penalized teams in the NHL. So, you know, y- you want to make them pay, of course, if they if there's going to be a parade to the penalty box. And we all know, and there's a history, of course, between the Jets and the Preds uh, that that memorable seven game series back in 2018, as as the two franchises kind of duped it out for the Presidents Trophy that year. So it's always fun when these two teams hook up, and there should be a little extra mojo. Uh, on both sides tonight, because the Jets, the Jets are, you know, they they want to uh, uh, avenge what happened the other night in Washington, and um, the Preds, they're going to want to get back in in the win column. So it should be should be a good one.
1: Yeah, well, for sure. And you know, you mentioned that game earlier in the season. I remember leaving the building, going, "Man, the Preds stink." I mean, this is a team that I, I mean, okay, we don't have to worry about these guys this year when you are looking at. It. And then you know, all they've done. I mean, they went at one point; they were twenty four and ten, what an incredible run. I mean, they're twenty 24-14 right now with four straight regulation losses. Um, and, you know, they're dealing with some injuries right now, especially on the blue line that hopefully the Jets can take advantage of, uh, of on that. Um, but they really have been one of the, the, the pleasant surprises of the season right now. And those two guys who um, had been vilified for basically stealing $8 million a year over the last couple seasons, finally showing up and doing what they uh, thought they were getting when they signed those guys to those max eight-year extensions um, in recent years. Uh, I want to ask you about Svechnikov he coming into uh, back into the lineup and it looks like he's going to play on the fourth line. And um, listen, I think we've seen that Svechnikov's a versatile player and has made the most of opportunities. He can certainly play with Adam Lowry. He's played in the top six at times and certainly has not looked out of place, but with Cole Perfetti in that spot, and you know, you'd mentioned Dave Lowry's options. I don't think any of his options right now that he's seriously considering don't include Cole Perfetti staying on that line right now right. because, uh, well, just because of how good he's looked, maybe that tails off. Maybe that's not the case in a week, but for right now it is. Um, I'll say one thing. This fourth line right now, assuming that Svechnikov is 100% and feeling good. Um, I mentioned this earlier on the program. That January 2nd game against Vegas, coming off a long layoff, Svechnikov, I believe, was playing with Line and Tony Nato on that fourth line. And he scored a goal. He was the first star in the game. The fourth line played a ton in that game. And that was a game where they were chasing for a while. They were down to nothing early on and came back. Um, To me, that was the best version of a fourth line we've seen all year. And the coach played them as such. What do you make us fetch coming into that? And uh, how is it important? Is it for a guy like Veselainen to maybe step it up right now because you know we've talked a lot about all the team on paper looks really good and you look at the depth players marat did a pretty good um, breakdown of what they've been getting from those guys and you know a lot of the negatives have been the guys in that bottom six and the best line at the bottom of the group
3: yeah and, and he's a guy you know uh, we talked about footsteps and comfort and whatnot i mean he's a guy who shouldn't be taking his spot in this lineup for granted because there are other players knocking at the door and you know, if they can get to a point where they're fully healthy, you know, if Ehlers returns and nobody else has come out of the lineup, for sure, there, there's going to be some, you know, guys who are on the outside looking in who probably feel like they deserve better. So uh, I really like that fourth line as it's set up, you know, heading into tonight. And I like it for a couple of reasons. I like the, the, the potential, you know, physicality of that group um, you know, that they their ability to go out there and grind it out. But I also think that there's there's so much skill on a on a, a trio like that that they could be matched up, you know, against anyone else's fourth line and and potentially dominate. I also think that there's enough good things on that line that if they get caught out there against the other team's best, you don't worry maybe as much as you might have in the past. So I do like the uh, the potential of that trio. And as you say, Haas, we did see it briefly and it looked really good. Um, you know, when we know that a guy like Svechnikov, uh, they could move him up if if they need be. And, and so, again, I just think it's all about competition, internal competition, and uh, that's a really good thing. And with the Jets having so much hockey, you know, uh, a, a real tough stretch here coming up, having the ability to roll four lines and to have a fourth line that you can trust play more than four or five minutes, that's going to be really important if they want to keep those top high end guys, you know, fresh. And so I think Dave Lowry, we're getting to a situation where uh, he trusts what he has, uh, or at least he's getting now to a situation where he's, he's building what he hopes is a bottom six he can trust. And as a result, I expect we're going to see them play a lot more than we have in the past.
1: Uh, Mike, uh, and again, I I ask you this knowing that the month of February is going to be bananas. Things could go one way or the other, or they could be very similar as we get into March. And I'm sure Kevin Sheveldayoff right now is more doing and worrying about what you spoke earlier about cap ramifications and LTR with Blake Wheeler. But have you spent much time thinking about the Jets as it pertains to the trade deadline? And if Kevin Sheveldayoff, I mean, what he would be, projecting and thinking about doing as we get closer to the 21st of March um let's assume that the Jets are in the mix or they've put themselves right. into a playoff spot what do you think's on the mind of the general manager at least projecting to that point um as far as assets in assets out and um, you know what the what the strategy will be um because certainly trade deadline moves can happen off season moves can happen but you know when we speak about any sort of moves of the Jets we do think about this season but there's also the next couple years in this window with Connor Hellebuck, and right. certainly when we talk about the blue line and all these talented young defensemen that are knocking on the door on ELCS, um, not a lot of room right now. And you, even if you take Logan Stanley out of the mix, you've got five veteran defensemen making significant money on contracts that extend throughout that window.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a it's a logjam for sure, and you know the the organization for a while there, I think we look. After 2018 and the exodus on the blue line and Winnipeg's blue line, you know, went from a strength to a weakness. Right. Uh, in the blink of an eye, you know, Enstrom, Bufflin, Truba, uh, Myers, Sherrod, Kulikov, like all those guys were gone. Basically, the entire starting six uh, from that run to the Western Conference final was 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 gone in a heartbeat. Um, Josh Morrissey was really the only only thing left. Uh, but credit to Shovel Day Off and Company for kind of rebuilding it on the fly, but also with some drafting that clearly, you know, takes a bit of time to start to see the, the fruit ripening on the vine, if you will. But we're now starting to get to that point where I think you could say that the Jets' blue line, both what they have at the NHL level and what they have kind of percolating, um, you know, down on the farm uh, is now a strength again. So Whenever you talk about trades or potential, you know, uh, moves to help bolster the, the here and now, we often talk about dealing from a position of strength to address a position of weakness. So does that mean that a defenseman would be, you know, one of the young defensemen? Would that be a trade chip potentially? I think what we have to keep in mind, though, Haas, as we head toward the trade deadline is any moves the Jets make. Again, barring something really dramatic happening, like another major injury and, and being able to utilize LTIR like they did with Wheeler. It's almost going to have to be a money in, money out situation because they are so tight to the, the cap ceiling. Um, and that may limit the options a bit uh, in terms of, you know, taking a big swing if that's what they felt inclined to do on a big money, big name player, because you'd have to be moving something out to clear that space. And we've seen that, right? In the NHL, the the third party brokers have become, you know, all the rage. And there are teams out there that certainly have cap space to do that, you know, in exchange for uh, something coming their way, draft picks, prospects. So yeah, it would be interesting to see. I I suspect though, if you're the Jets and you're just kind of hanging around the wild card spot, it would surprise me to see the biggest of, of swings made, not only because of that lack of cap space, but just because of uh, there'd be no guarantees that, that doing something really risky would ultimately pay off. So yeah, it'll be something to watch as we get closer to the trade deadline for sure. And you're right, I mean, the, the window of, of, of opportunity here, uh, the Blake Wheeler window, if you will, signed for two more years after this, I think that's when we're going to see the Jets within these next this season and the next two. That's when you want to really, you know, try and bulk up and and try and take a real run at the Cup here.
1: You know, and you, you mentioned the potential of you know trading one of the uh, the talented young prospects on an ELC. I mean, I wonder, and this is not something we could have ever imagined before, um, if there wouldn't be a possibility to move one of the younger prospect players along with one of the guys that are signed on the blue line for. Right three years um, together and bring back, whether it's another depth piece on blue line and someone that could come in and help it forward, um, which would, you know, solve the cap problem, but would also open up some space for the likes of a uh, Dylan Sandberg, of uh, Vili Hainala to get into the lineup and, and play more regularly than has the opportunity been available to them before.
3: Yeah. And another factor that if you're the Jets, you probably have to be weighing here, Hust, uh, and again, this, this would go on the long list of things Larry Simmons and Kevin Chevalier are dealing with, uh, two big questions in the next season, right? Is there any way you can afford to bring Andrew Kopp back? Uh, I'd say probably not. Um, and, you know, when Kopp signed here for one year, like in a way, you know, he's he's almost their own rental, right? But I got to think that he's, given the season he's had, he may have just priced himself out of this market. And if if so, uh, good for him. Like you're going to, you only have a limited career, right? You, you go where where the money is. And I think Andrew Kopp's going to have no shortage of potential suitors. And it may just price the Jets out. So in that sense, you might clear some space in the summer. But what are you doing with that? Because you now have a roster hole to fill. The other big question, of course, is what does Pierre-Luc Dubois' next contract look like? And you know you've got to start planning for that, and how you're going to fit it in. Uh, we've heard talk that the cap ceiling might go up as much as a million dollars next year, which isn't a whole lot. But that was before. Yeah. That was before uh, seven Canadian teams lost a month potentially of revenues, maybe more. And I got to think that that's going to cause some recalibration uh and and so what they thought might be the case may may certainly not be so a lot of factors to weigh here if you're a team like the jets um uh and and i don't imagine uh, it, i'm sure it makes for a lot of sleepless nights put it that way
1: <laughs> mike this was awesome thanks so much for doing this uh, looking forward to the game tonight looking forward to your reports in the winnipeg free press and uh Get ready. Uh, There'll be a lot of planes, trains, and automobiles for you with the three games in four nights and the early starts. But uh, we'll look forward to talking to you back here safe and sound hopefully next week with a couple of actual games at Canada Life Centre.
3: Yeah, that's going to be... uh, I'm going to need directions on on how I get around that building. It's been so long. Uh, December 19th, of course, was the last time the Jets played a home game. So it'll be nice to have some home cooking. Unfortunately, there won't be more than 250 fans, at least for... The game's next week, but let's all keep our fingers crossed that we can get our numbers down and and then we can get our numbers up when it comes to attendance as early as next month uh, at the downtown barn.
1: Take care, Mike. Thanks for doing this.
3: All right. Take care.
1: At Mike McIntyre, WPG on Twitter. Make sure you're following him for all of his updates on the road and uh, check out his uh, daily reports on the Winnipeg Jets and the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, we are going to hear from Coach Dave Lowry. He spoke after the morning skate heading into tonight's tilt against the Nashville Predators. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, you know what goes great with hockey, folks? Ice cold beer. And uh, I'll tell you what, no better beer Then Winnipeg-made Little Brown Jug. Of course, Little Brown Jug just celebrated their fifth anniversary last month. They cranked out that delicious champagne-like Brut IPA, which is available now. The 1919, the flagship brand available at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. And of course, your favorite beer store, as well as the Winter Variety Pack with four perfect varieties of Little Brown Jug to enjoy during these cold months. Pop down and see them in person. At the tap room, maybe grab a pint while you're there and pick up your stock, your, uh, your stock on William Avenue at the tap room or free delivery citywide throughout the month of January. Simply go on to littlebrownjug.ca, make your order and get it delivered to yourself in time to uh, watch the Jets and all the NFL action this weekend. Um, we do have some curling news. And we'll do that for our Princess Auto Curling Report. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Jen Jones team, who are right now bubbled up, getting ready to go try and win another gold medal at the Olympics. Mike McIntyre squad as well. And of course, Chelsea Carey and Colin Hodgson on the mixed side of things. Uh, the Scotties are going ahead. The 28th of January, it will get going. Carrie Anerson and uh, her Gimli squad will be the defending champions and will represent Canada. Um, We, of course, got a uh, Mackenzie Zacharias, the uh, other Manitoba team that qualified for the Manitoba Scotties will be their former junior champs. Uh, But no fans, no media, Um, basically no one else in the rink other than the players. But uh, we'll be able to watch it on TSN, so looking forward to that. Of course, Princess Auto is a proud sponsor of curling and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto two locations in winnipeg you can pop down and see them there or you can start shopping and getting those ideas going 24 7 365 at princessauto.com and with a game tonight and uh you know a seven o'clock start might be a great time to actually get out of the house for a change pop by your local Boston pizza into the lounge with the game on the big screen with full sound. And uh, many of the BPs doing a very fun pick-a-player promo as well at your table. Um, Make an arrangement to pop by your local Boston pizza. Or if you want to stick around at home and not deal with the cold, go on to bostonpizza.com, order one of those great game day deals, and get it delivered hot and fast at bostonpizza.com all right let's get michael remus back in here for a minute we do have cool bet lines we'll get to a busy and busier night in the national hockey league coming up a little later on a number of other stories from around the world of sports but uh remo some interesting stuff from mike mcintyre obviously on the jets and really enjoyed the conversation with dave Pagnata. hit a number of interesting topics that maybe are more percolating below behind the scenes right now But man, you know, with everything that the league and the teams are dealing with the virus and the less attendance, and uh, always some interesting media stories. Great, great times having Dave on on the program today. I thought he was great.
2: Yeah, a lot of interesting topics there for sure. Um, You know, as far as you know, interesting to hear his thoughts on uh, the Oilers. Thought on Evander. Can you know number nine? uh, It's going to spark up the chat every single uh, every single time. Ratings machine, ratings machine in Winnipeg. Anything Evander related? Yeah, so uh, some good hockey, hockey talk here heading into tonight's game. Uh, one of many uh, on the schedule tonight. Uh, you know, we only had like three yesterday, so They're going with the Tuesday, Thursday. And uh, I'm looking around the league, uh, you know, what all of their games are going to watch while uh, watching the Jets game, of course.
1: We'll get to that. i got a couple other really fun stories to talk about from the world of sports. We'll do that towards the end of the program. But first up, though, uh, let's hear... From Jungle Dave, Winnipeg Jets head coach Dave Lowry as his team faces the Nashville Predators who have lost four games in a row in regulation after just a sizzling start to the season that saw them at the top of the Central Division for a good portion of the last month. Um, So after the morning skate today, Dave Lowry met the media to talk about tonight's matchup against the Preds. Here's the head coach.
3: out here, at least one more, one more game, get another practice in? Is that the idea, just not to, to rush
4: anything? I think he was hopeful and anxious that if we had a full group out yesterday that uh, he'd be itching to play. Um, but we know we got a lot of games coming up. Um, one more practice is not going to hurt him, and he, he understands that. And, you know, it's nice that uh, we are having this discussion and that uh, he is extremely close to playing.
3: You do get two other forwards though, coming in back tonight in, in Stachnikov and Stadny. I guess would there be a concern in having a whole bunch of guys all coming off or in at the same time? And maybe is it better to stagger them?
4: Well, I, if Wheels was available, yeah, I would have no problem playing three guys in tonight. And uh, we have we do have the luxury of of having some guys that can play heavy minutes. Um, in a perfect world, you're probably not bringing three guys in, but the other two guys haven't been out for an extended period of time. So that, that really wasn't a concern. Now if three guys were out for as long as Wheels has been out, I, we probably would stagger it.
3: I assume for a lot of reasons it makes sense just to put Paul right in that spot where Nikolai was, and, and then you leave, obviously, PLD and that, that group together.
4: Stash was playing with those guys when uh, when he was uh, out, came out of the lineup. So, you know, he's he's familiar with Shif. They they play well together. They read off each other. You know, he's a very intelligent player. And, you know, it's just a natural progression right now just to try and keep the other two lines the same.
0: Nashville is to Kevin Moore from 680 abc go ahead, it? Thanks, Gregor. I've got a couple of questions here if I can be left up. Uh,
4: Dave, uh, does the video show Nashville plays as physical and or slash heavy is there penalty minutes the game? Absolutely. And this this for us will be a very good test. Um, they are a very heavily penalized team, but I think that's a byproduct of the game that they play. And they are physical on the forecheck, and that is one of their strengths. And you know, we talk about uh, what we're going to have to do as a group and, and how you can combat that.
1: And the other thing that kind of stands out is, uh, you know, they're right there with Washington in terms of their ability to score first, and they have the most wins when they score first. So uh, you always want to be ready, but you have to even be more so going
4: into this one. Well, I think if, uh, you know, you can't be ready to play this game, you're going to have a hard time getting ready to play games. This is, you know, this is is a division game, and this is a team that uh, we're chasing in the standings right now. You know, so, our mindset is, is is we have to have, and I know it's early, but you have to have that playoff mindset where th- this is an important game for us.
1: Well, next to
0: Sarah Alasky
1: from TSM. Go ahead, Sarah. Dave, haven't you had the opportunity to speak to you since the schedule came out with the rescheduled games? Just what strikes you most
4: about that February now? With how many days we had. In that three-week period, how we get stacked up in back-to-backs. Um, obviously, as a coach, you'd love to see the spacing and and have a game, a day off, a game, a day off. And for us, it'll uh, you know it'll challenge us. Um, obviously, it'll take away a lot of days of practice for us. But our group is ready to play games, and and you know we're fully confident that uh, you know we can use the schedule. To our advantage even though there are back-to-backs. Uh, some of them are at home and so you take the travel factor out.
0: Next to Ken Wade from Sports.
1: I know the focus is on your own group, but what have you noticed about the differences maybe in how Nashville's played since the first meeting of the season between your two
4: teams? Well, I think they're playing a complete game. Um, pucks to the goal line, they get in, they're physical, but they defend well. And, and they're not giving up a lot. And, and that is, uh, we felt that uh, when we played them at home, it was, a, it was a tough, it was a heavy game. It was tight. And, and uh, it looks like they're continuing to play the exact same way.
1: And then just a quick one on their, on their team. I know we always talk about the skilled players. Uh, Tanner Genoa is a guy
2: who's kind of caught a lot of people's attention. You would have coached against him in the Western League, a bit of a throwback kind of guy. Uh, what stands out uh, when you see a guy like that playing the way that he is right now?
4: Well, I, I think you just look at how complete a player he is, how much poise he plays with for such a young guy. And, and he's come in, and, and he's showing a lot of people uh, no respect. And, and he plays hard. He plays in your face, and he backs up his game. Thanks, is Scott Dillard from the Sun, Westcott. Scott. Thanks for your, Hey, Dave, uh, just a
3: quick update on Brendan Dillon
4: and Eric Comrie. If you can. Eric Comrie's is here in town, and uh, hopefully he's going to be able to join us here in the next day or so. And uh, Dilly will not be available tonight, but uh, he will skate with us tomorrow in Boston.
1: All right, there's the coach Dave Lowry with a little post morning skate update as his team gets ready to take on the Nashville Predators tonight, seven o'clock. And then uh, I got to tell you, this weekend coming up, if you are a Jet fan and an NFL fan, it doesn't not it doesn't get any better. Um, you know, you'd like to maybe have the games on Friday and Monday, but if it's going to be Saturday and Sunday, two o'clock start on Saturday, NFL gets going at 3.30, and then a noon start against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and I believe two o'clock is kickoff. So um, govern yourselves accordingly. Get ready for a plenty of time on the couch with that remote control in hand. Um, we will get to the, uh, the lines tonight for Cool Bet in just a minute. Uh, of course, our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ are ready for the weekend uh, what goes better with a a weekend of football hockey than maybe a dq cake for you and the family of course nick and Nikki got you set up four locations in winnipeg and southern manitoba the dq in neverville dq northgate dq polo park and dq saint Anne's. uh they've got those amazing buffalo chicken fingers going right now the ultimate grill burgers french fries all the good stuff but of course when it comes to the uh a little nice addition for a gathering or just to a weekend, nothing better than a DQ cake. Order online or hit them up at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. Let them know what you want. They'll get it done for you and have it ready quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. And uh, tomorrow, folks, Friday afternoon, gonna be a massive show tomorrow. We have Dennis Bayak coming on, we've got Adam Big Hill coming on weebs world himself ken weeb joining the program and we'll also get into the nfl notebook with lee hacksaw hamilton so make sure you join us towards the end of the program we will squeeze in another marble race and of course our friends at canadian club have teamed up with us at winnipeg sports talk with some great merchandise for our prizes Shout out to dan jets fan he came by and grabbed his from last week just a couple days ago so make sure to join us and of course canadian club great sponsors of ours the official whiskey the winnipeg blue bombers and you can pick that up at uh, any local liquor mart. And speaking of which, I was mentioning that Jim Beam promo right now at the liquor marts, where they have those um, Winnipeg Blue Bombers commemorative glasses. Saw a funny Instagram video of um, Willie Jefferson yesterday, all fired up that he had just got the uh, got the two different glasses with him. So check those out as well the next time at your at your local Manitoba liquor marts. All right, Remo, let's get to. Uh, Some cool bet lines for tonight. It's been interesting following the line movement for this game today between the Jets and the Predators. Um, The Predators have been struggling, although they've had a great start to the season. Um, But they're a minus 145 favorite against the Winnipeg Jets. I think the loss of Nikolai Ehlers certainly maybe would have hit that line a little bit. Jets at plus 124 for tonight's game. And uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, player options. The player props for tonight, Kyle Connor to score a goal plus 155. Mm, Well, Don't bet Nikolai Ehlers. He's not playing tonight. Uh, And don't bother betting will not score. That'll just be refunded when he doesn't play. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, though, plus 230. And maybe a little sprinkle on Mark Scheifele. We talked earlier about how well he's played historically, especially back in that playoff run against the Nashville Predators. He is at plus 240. Cole Perfetti, think he can go back to back, folks. A little bit lower of a number than uh, you would have got if you bet him against Washington, but plus three eighty for Perfetti, who of course is playing alongside Connor and Dubois. Uh, as far as player points, um, you know you've got a number, but she's laying quite a bit for the overs, over half a point for Kyle Connor, minus two hundred eight, Shifley minus one ninety two. Uh, as well as Pierre Luc Dubois minus 120 and Andrew Cop minus 110. Uh, so you can go and check out all those numbers over at CoolBet.com. And if you want to really have some fun, click that bet builder. You can combine the total of the game, who's going to win the game, as well as some point scores as well to uh, really juice up a single game parlay. Other games in the National Hockey League tonight. Busy slate. You got the Caps at the Bruins. Washington a minus 182 favorite against the Caps, who of course. Outlasted the Jets in OT on Tuesday night. The Dallas Stars coming off a home loss to the Montreal Canadiens will be in an ordering mood. They're a minus 208 favorite going into Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Uh, Two bad teams, Blue Jackets and the Flyers. Neither of them probably going to the playoffs, but they're playing tonight. Philly minus 115 and the Blue Jackets Actually, a road favorite against Philly, just to give you an idea how things are going in the city of brotherly love. Blue Jackets, minus 103. Pittsburgh, a huge minus one, minus 312 favorite against the Ottawa Senators. We mentioned the Jets-Preds game. Jets, plus 124 to win the game uh, in any fashion tonight. You've got the Avalanche and the Kings, minus 182 for Colorado. The Kraken, a slight favorite over the Sharks at minus 118. Vegas, a huge favorite against the Montreal Canadiens. And the other game that I will be turning to after the Jets and Preds are done, that, of course, is the Florida Panthers and the Edmonton Oilers. Florida, a minus 164 favorite against the Oilers at plus 140. Remo, I've got to ask you, What? what, what I know we spent most of our time, as we normally do, talking about the Jets, but what What do you think the uh, Oiler fans see out of their team at home tonight against the Florida Panthers team that, as Dave said, not in a great mood after... Having their winning streak snapped in a five-one drubbing in Calgary just two nights ago.
2: Yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost a Calgary one, and they were heavy favorites. I mean, McDavid and Drysaddle. I've never seen this minus four fifty-five each to score a point. Seems absurd. <laughs> uh, I mean, Edmonton's been off since Saturday, so you think that they're rested? Uh, I don't. know, I'm probably leaning, still leaning, uh, Florida. I and I saw people saying, "Oh, I'll tune into Florida." And or sorry, uh, Tune into the Oilers post game show after. Oh, they Tommy, lose.
1: Tommy, uh, yeah. Tommy Gazzola, our good friend, uh, is going to have his hands full tonight. I, I mean, I don't know. I know many of you, uh, you know, probably pop by and sometimes in the mornings check out the Nielsen show. I mean, this entire week has just been uh, amazing. But as I talk to Dusty off air, uh, it, it doesn't get any easier from doing a morning show that when you have the sort of content that's been served up off the ice for the Oilers, you just sort of go away and fire up the text line, uh, make your takes and let the show go from there. So um, that'll be a real interesting one. Obviously Florida, one of the top teams in the league and Edmonton has been playing like one of the worst teams in the league, but I think everyone knows that they're not, they've got some of the most talented players. Um, The big thing is, you know, if if Miko Koskinen lets in another early goal, even if it's a good goal, I think you could feel the the air just come out of the building, but you know, just on those props to not score a point. Um, and I mean, dry has been in a slump. McDavid's been in a slump. Some big numbers that might be like, I've never really spent much time betting guys not to score a point, but um, at what plus 300 on those guys to do it. That would be, uh, that would
2: be something else. I mean, they didn't score. One of them didn't score last game. Uh well, I mean, Florida's been giving up goals. I got to see, what, like, what's the total in this game? Six and a half to a pretty big total. I think there's going to be goals. I kind of hope, <laughs> I got, like, selfishly, you hope Edmonton loses, right? Just for the comedy. And for sure. For, well, the and comedy, for the chaos.
1: Hey, hey, listen, and the conference. I mean, like, right now, um, you oh, know, yes. could the Jets end up in the top three of the Central? I guess, but it would take a really, really good second half of the season and, frankly, a good run starting right now um so i mean you have to think the oilers are going to start winning games at some point and um, the oilers could very well be a team that would be battling for one of those wild card spots so um just selfishly from a jets perspective the more they lose the better um and yes there is the angst and the comedy that comes with it um for a fan base that has been through a lot but we all remember if you're old enough you remember them winning all those cups so uh they many would say they've had these couple of decades coming to them, even despite the fact that they've been the best lottery team of all time, winning the number one pick
2: seemingly every time they're in the mix. Yeah. You think uh dry was pissy after a morning skate the other day. I mean, imagine after yet another loss. So we will, we will, you know, I guess we'll wait and see. I, I don't know. I'm, I am, I'm excited for that one though. I'll have to tune in. I mean, this is a great night for, uh, for multiple TVs, I'm a tablet guy, Hus. and a, and I got two TVs in the basement, so I'm. You were I'm a tablet set up.
1: guy until you had a kid, and now are raising your child's, you know, one internet video at a time via the iPad.
2: Yeah, he's got the iPad now. I don't, I don't get iPad, but the good thing he goes to bed at seven, and I can ah. I can watch. See, reclaim lucky. it. Yeah, reclaim we're keeping it. that early bedtime as long as we can. He's <laughs> never going to bed later. Keeping it at seven. Because uh, then I got to, you know, watch the Jets game then.
1: Hey, a couple other notes uh, elsewhere. And speaking of cool bet lines, a hell of a tennis match tonight. I'll be checking this one out as well. Or Dennis Shapovalov, the Canadian, taking on Riley Apelka, the American. I believe Shapo's the 14 seed, Apelka's the 23rd seed. Um, a heck of a matchup tonight. And this one is essentially a straight-up pick-em. Chapo minus 108 and a pelka minus 105. And a big shout out to our guy, Felix Oje Aliasim. Uh hell of a match last night. If you stayed up, uh, you probably didn't get up too early because that one went well past 2 a.m. last night. Four straight tiebreakers, but Felix was able to uh, beat his opponent and move on to the next round. He'll be playing a little bit later on today and a heck of a matchup too between Medvedev and the Aussie bad boy, Nick Kyrgios yesterday. Um, things getting really good at the Aussie open. Funny how things still managed to go forward without Novak Djokovic there. Um, we got to give a big congrats to uh Winnipeg's favorite, Desiree Scott Remus, we all know what Desiree's done as a member of the Canadian national women's team, making everybody proud, a three-time Olympic medalist and now Olympic gold medalist after the incredible run that they had at the Olympics. Uh, Des is back in KC with the KC Current for another season. Um, playing professional soccer in the United States. Of course, what's interesting about that is that team has been renamed over the course of the uh, of the course of the last six months or so, and is owned by my guy Patrick Mahomes and his wife Brittany Matthews. So uh, very happy for Desiree. She seems to love it there in Kansas City. Uh, they are planning on building the plans. They've already announced to move ahead and build the first women's soccer specific stadium in North America, uh, which is amazing for that league. And I think women's soccer everywhere. and uh, You couldn't have a much better ambassador of the game than Desiree Scott. So congratulations to Des. We'll have to get her on the program to talk about the deal uh, coming up soon. And a great story yesterday from golf. Uh, and I'll be honest. I mean, I think most people know I'm a bit of a golf nerd, love betting on it, love watching the PGA Tour. I don't pay very much attention, if ever, to the Corn Ferry Tour. But there was an amazing story from the Corn Fairy Tour, which is essentially the feeder tour to the PGA. They got it started on a 19-year-old, Ash K. Badia, won yesterday on the Corn Ferry Tour. He hit the pin uh, on the 18th hole and had about an inch putt to, uh, for birdie to ice it out. What's interesting about Badia is that he's 19 years old. He's only the third teenager to win along with uh, Jason Day. And I'm trying to think of the other guy that uh, that, that did it here in, in North America. Um, he turned pro at 17 and had an absolutely miserable year last year. Couldn't make a cut. Uh, many people had said he made a terrible decision moving forward. Um, he had his girlfriend who he met via sliding into the DMs on Instagram on the bag yesterday. And she admitted doesn't really know anything about golf. So you got a 19-year-old with his girlfriend playing against an incredibly tough field of professionals on the verge of being on the PGA Tour wins it um this will almost i don't want to say guarantee him a pga tour card for next year but to get a win right off the bat amazing and if he can win two more times he goes directly onto the pga tour so remember that name ash k batty if you want to see an amazing interview um just look it up on twitter did about 10 minutes afterwards the last few minutes was he and his girlfriend talking about the week just a uh, a heck of a story in the world of golf, um, uh, you know today we've got the American Express Championship getting going, which was formerly the Bob Hope Classic on the PGA Tour, and a hell of a field over in Abu Dhabi, including Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, and Colin Morikawa playing over at the uh, in Dubai on uh, what's technically, I guess, part of the uh, of the European Tour. So, a uh, few other news and notes. Uh, one other thing for you, Bengals fans, uh, Trey Hendrickson. The uh, number one sack threat for the Bengals defense has been cleared to play. He's going to be good to go for Saturday afternoon's game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, that's very important for the uh, the Bengals. And uh, Remo uh, Mike Rabel says we'll find out tomorrow whether King Henry will complete the improbable comeback and return to the Tennessee Titans lineup for playoff action on Saturday in Music City.
2: Yeah, didn't you see that video yesterday of him in practice hitting the hole? Man, I would not want to be standing there. We'll be running over guys, some crazy stiff arms. I mean, when he's healthy, he's an absolute truck, a tank, whatever you know, thing you want to call him. But yeah, he's awesome, Derrick Henry. So looking forward to the Titans who seemingly being kind of uh, looked past. I've been hearing them be, keep uh, being called the worst number one seed in a while. They're nowhere near the Bills and the Chiefs, but I mean, they beat those teams during the regular season. However, they did lose. They did to lose the to Jets. the Jets. Yeah, they lost to the Jets. So <laughs> And the Texans,
1: with, too, for that matter. And
2: with uh, Derrick Henry, and though I think that it really changes changes their offense. I mean, that guy's such a beast.
1: Oh, Mitch, thank you. You know what? I, I believe it was Justin Rose, the other teenager, to, uh, to win in North America before they turned 20. Um, and, and you know, I'll say this, though, about the Titans. I do think you're right. I think they are sort of being slept on. I mean, I want to see Cincinnati win. I mean, they're a great story. They've gone 30 years without winning a playoff game. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is such a great story. I love their young coach who, you know, is sort of a lot of people thought he'd be fired this year. I mean, he's taken them to the playoffs and they're an easy team to cheer for. And a city being a Winnipeg, a small market guy. I mean, I think you sort of gravitate to some of those. But I'll tell you what about the Titans. Um, Even without Derrick Henry, you look at their yards per carry, yards per game on the rushing game. They haven't really missed a beat. Um, This is a complete team. And Mike Vrabel, probably deserves some real significant consideration for coach of the year, along with a guy like Matt LeFleur, who all he does is win football games. Um, So anyways, it's going to be a great, great weekend tomorrow. Before Winnipeg Sports Talk, I'll get it going with Dustin Nielsen at noon on our Twitter feeds with our weekend edition of the Lock Shop all over the National Football League. So if you are around your computer, make sure to pop in at noon and join us then. And uh, if you haven't already, do uh, me a favor and make sure that you have subscribed to the Lock Shop. By the way, if you haven't already, please do us a favor as well and hit that thumbs up button. And if you haven't, make sure you've hit the red subscribe button. And join us daily here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Monday to Friday. And uh, Remo, I sort of plugged this earlier today on the program, but we have one of our busiest shows ever tomorrow. Cannot wait for it. Adam Big Hill, Dennis Bayak, Ken Weeb and Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, and, of course, a marble race. I don't know how we're all going to pack it in in around two hours, but we're going to do our best, and it is going to be awesome heading into an amazing sports weekend.
2: Yeah, we'll be some very tight scheduling, but we'll uh, manage to do it. So we're really looking forward to tonight's game. We'll talk all about it tomorrow and get set for the two Jets games. Before we go, uh, I think we have to come out here and uh, tell everyone that you and I both muted Wordle on Twitter. It's being talked about in the chat. <laughs> I I've seen it pop up on my feed over and over. And you know, I've played Text Twist. I'm into Yahtzee on my phone. I'm not on Twitter for Wordle. It was clogging up my feed. I had enough. I hear it's great. Maybe I'll get into it, but uh, I had to go. I I hit. Can mute. you play it without tweeting every time you play it? Is that possible? I. I don't know what it is. I have no, I just see people saying how great it is. I'm sure it's fun, but uh, it was it was added to my mute list along with uh, some NFT projects oh, no. that keep getting uh, pushed to my feet. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to come out and say I muted a Wordle. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's fun. Um, this Wordle thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I did that more as an excuse to tweet one of my favorite all-time Stephen A. Smith videos, the... We don't care. We don't care. But it was perfect. We really don't care how you did on your morning, Wordle. So uh, it was a sincere usage of a great classic Stephen A. video to let everybody know, no matter how you did in today's Wordle, um, nobody gives a crap. So (laughs) we probably don't need to be putting that in uh, in everyone's feed. Uh, I hope I didn't offend anyone. I mean, I wish you all luck. I hope you do well in Wordle. Uh, we just don't need to see it on the timeline.
2: Someone, so, yeah, someone popped in a chat, and they're like, "Did you see uh, Overdrive's take on Wordle?" And I said, "No, I muted Wordle on Twitter. It wouldn't co- <laughs> It would never come up on my feed." Oh no, Paul Paul Mall Poris just posting a Wordle on our chat. Mal, no, you're gonna have to get to you. You're gonna get but timed out. You are such
1: a troll, Mall. I mean, we're yeah. we're here for all your takes and whatnot, but I mean, this is a, This is an outrage. This is a personal oh. attack. In the chat with that wordle, although well done, that was kind of creative. But I didn't even know card. you could
2: do that. Although there was one, I saw Sean MacIndoe very down, talented in the yeah, chat. Jeez. Sean MacIndoe, down goes brown, said there was a hockey player last name version of Wordle that he brainstormed and then someone created, and that I would play. I'm in for that, but um, it doesn't I think need to I, be. Everyone
1: should play it nonstop. Just we don't need to tweet every time. Like, trust me. Do you guys all want me to tweet my damn frickin scorecard every time i play a round of pga 2k 2 k 21 one listen yeah, exactly. i'm like if i shoot 63 i'm all fired up i mean if i get a hole in one i will tweet it but that's about it i mean i don't know yeah. if anyone really needs to know that More i think just, that's fair you know, if there was Great a takes bad if, takes
2: is there a website that i can go play wordle and like the high score stays there like i don't need to post it <laughs> on everyone. <laughs> anyways to quote the great Stephen a
1: <laughs> we don't care <laughs> we don't care uh man fun show today shout out to everyone in the chat thanks for uh thanks for joining us um tomorrow as i said monster show make sure you join us really looking forward to it but uh first things first we got a big hockey game tonight uh, we'll see if the jets can get it done make it three or four points to start off this road trip and then go into Boston and Pittsburgh with back-to-back matinees, two o'clock on Saturday, noon on Sunday before NFL divisional round playoff doubleheaders. Um it sucks outside right now, but it's a great time to be inside. There's a lot of sports going on. And of course, the Jets actually back at Canada Life Center next week playing home games in front of minimal fans. And then buckle up for February, folks, because it is going to be wild. So tomorrow, Big Hill, Bayak, Weeb, Axaw, Marble Race, you know where to be, 1 p.m. We'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, the Nick and Nicky DQ group, Canadian Club Whiskey, Cool Bet Canada. Don't forget, if you haven't bet there before, want to get out on the weekend, maybe some of the tennis, there's a good tennis promo as well. Just check the promotions for it um, if you're there. If you haven't bet there before, you use the promo code WST on your first deposit. We'll double it up to $200. Uh, Little Brown Jug, time for a couple of 1919s with the game tonight, I do believe. Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, and F Apparel. Folks, thanks for being with us. Great show. Thanks to Michael Remus, everyone in chat, and everyone listening on the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow for a massive Friday show heading into the weekend on WST.
0: Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.